Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. All right, it's about that time again. Uh, Brianna's on the line already, and we've sort of been debating uh, uh, off the air the, uh, whether God created aliens. And so with this and other light topics, <laughs> welcome to our, our government inquiry report. So let me uh, get Brianna's theme, and we'll still tackle that and a bunch of other things that are going on. Today's huge. Today's just uh, we've got a congressional hearing. Uh, we've got uh, – there's a huge um, event of, of uh, gay conservatives in uh, New York on the 24th. Uh, which I'll be talking more and more about. Well, actually, in the third hour, I'll be talking a lot more about that because uh, it's, it's just fascinating to me what's happening. And, oh, yeah, I think Trump's got an arraignment. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, it's bogus. We don't care. Uh, there's so much else going on. All right, let's get to Brianna. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding All of her skills and knowledge combined into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. Yeah, so I text, uh, well, message Wendy before the show. Wendy does her Oh My God report. I said, we're going to talk about God and aliens, amongst other things. We'll see if she calls in. You never know. Uh, I've been meaning to get you two together for for quite a while. So how are you doing? I'm doing good. Anything new and exciting? Any any revelations? Any any brilliant uh, ideas? Uh, anything uh, going around in that furtive brain of yours? Well, um, last week I went to the GOP meeting and they had a speaker named uh-huh. Jenny White, uh-huh. and she did a presentation over dark money. Mm. So I will be talking. I'll giving like um, an overview of the generalized information that she gave. And for hers, hers was all completely and directly Oklahoma. So this is Hmm. only the Oklahoma level. It has nothing to do with other states. Well, actually, a lot of times, like I do things, a lot of stuff uh, local to Milton, and you think, well, how does this apply to other other cities and states? It actually does. Uh, our problems are very simpler, similar across the country. I mean, the climates are a little different. You know, the, the, you know, the accents are a little different. The population makeup's a little different. But basically, you know, Americans across the country have very similar things. So when we talk about here, um, you know, too many big roads want to be built by people that don't live here so they can get through our town faster. Uh, and some of the other things that are, are uh, you know, it all relates to strong towns and the idea of, of strong historic centers, you know, bike lanes and walkable cities. Uh, that applies to everybody, even though we talk about it in terms of Milton. So you can talk about Oklahoma. I'll bet you that the problems are much more universal than you think. Uh, so we can get into that. Do you want to talk about God and aliens first, or do you want to get right into dark money? What's, uh, what's your pleasure? 
Um, we can go into the dark money first just to make okay. sure we can get through it. And actually, you're correct. And that's one of the things she talked about is why uh-huh. do other states care to interfere in Oklahoma elections? Why does oh. that matter? And ah, um, okay, some of the different states, like in conglomeration with this, and the really big one that's seen a lot that has ties into um, – Mainly just funds. That's mm-hmm. m- money is the main focus here. So all the ties are through money. One of the biggest states that have ties through money is Ohio, and then the huh. other ones are Virginia and South Carolina. Okay, so those are big states. Um, mm-hmm. Ohio is key in presidential. Reason- Actually, all three of those are key in presidential elections, especially Ohio and South Carolina. Not sure about I think Virginia is important, but I, but I know Ohio and South Carolina are critical. That's why Democrats are going there for their first primary, so they can uh, skip places they won't do as well. In other words, Iowa and New Hampshire. Oh, Marcos joined us from the Netherlands too, so we've got a couple of live chat folks. So we're international again. So um, before I start this, I want to make everybody um, make it clear to everybody I'm not. Um, a genius in this area, and there's a lot of things that she went over that I don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to go directly to look at her presentation of this, they do have it posted on their website. Um, she's the part, Jenny White is part of an organization called Rope, so you just go to that website and you find it. And you Ro- can is learn it more rope.com about that. or something, or what, what's the actual website? Um, Rope2.org, it stands for Reclaiming Oklahoma Parent Empowerment. It basically so hates bureaucracy. Yeah. Do they have periods between the, like, R, R period, O period, P, or is it just R-O-P-E-2, the number two? Just R-O-P-E-2.org. Okay, well, I'll check it out. Or you can just yeah. type in Reclaiming Oklahoma Parent. Hmm. Yeah. yeah you and then you just go in and just click Dark Money. Oh, okay. So like I said, you don't have to be an expert. In fact, a lot of times I'll take on topics. Um, if, by the time everybody, we're all experts, it's too late. It's boring. You know, I like to ask, I like to be on the cutting edge. So I want to find out things that we don't know. And let's see if we can reason it out. I mean, uh, I'm a really strong believer in the logic and reason filter. So we take things that we don't know, and then we take the things that we do know and see if we can get, you know, perspective on the things that we don't know. So there's no problem bringing up things you don't, you're not an expert in. I don't, I don't have you on the show because, of, you know, your answers is more your questions. And so that to me is far more important. So feel free. And if you don't know something, just say so. I mean, I say it all the time. Hey, I'm, I'm not sure about this, but <laughs> yeah, here's what I think. And uh, it's, uh, that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Um, so with this, before this presentation, mm-hmm. all of the information that she found and put on here was just simple, so like citizen research. Like none of it was paid for. Um, like none of the information was paid for. So she was saying that anybody can go and find all this research. Of course, it'll take a ton of time, but you know it is available for people to do on their own. Um, yeah, she's already done it though, so it'd be, it'd be it's, it's easy to do that. But there's always people that want to challenge. But uh, what, what, mm-hmm. what, what, what let's start with what is exactly dark money, and then you can tell me all about it. Cause I, I've got an idea, but I, I don't have a really precise definition at this time. So dark money is money that you do not know where it came from. Like there's no name to put it, or it could be possibly corrupted, where you don't know. Hmm. And so what this comes from is particularly something called a C 
O, um, oh, what is this? C, oh, 501C4, that's what it is, 501C4. Um, it's kind of like churches, they have 501C3s, and mm-hmm. this 501C4 is for these, like, uh, civic engagement funds or something like that is what it falls under. Um oh. Also, interesting thing I learned about CO um, 501c3s is for churches is that the C actually stands for corporation. And the reason that all the churches started switching over into this 501c3 because before they were all tax um, exempt and they didn't have it. That wasn't a problem. And so then they got all these 501c3s because they didn't want to get lawsuits if somebody had gotten, like, hurt at their church or anything. If they put money through this 501c3, you know, um, they would have that insurance or or whatever if there was a lawsuit against the church because they were afraid that um, if somebody did, they would be suing every individual person that went there. And that would be money from each individual person. Because right. each of the individual people that go there are the people that, you know, make it work. So, because um, they all become like that. There's a problem, like, though. Uh, there's a problem, though, because um, the word corporation. So, in other words, uh, it, this is actually, in fact, uh, Tina brought this up just a little bit ago. She was telling me about churches, and I was saying that, I forgot how, how, what we were talking about exactly, but, uh, but the idea that a church, you know, basically is, is incorporated so they don't have the liability, but on the other hand, that actually makes them government regulated. So, to me, this is a First Amendment violation. So, churches should really have their own separate designation. So, you know, and I've got it right up here. So my favorite source of law is the Cornell Law School Legal Information Institute, the LII. So if you ever put Cornell Law School LII, you'll get this, this great thing. And I've got 26 U.S. Code 501, exemption from tax on corporations, certain trusts, etc. So 501C, which says list of exempt organizations, three is corporations. Any community chess fund or foundation organized or operated exclusively for religious, charitable, scientific testing for public safety. 501c4 has two parts, A and B. Civic leagues are organized for profit, but operated exclusively for the promotion of social welfare. Well, that's interesting. Subparagraph A shall not apply uh, to an entity unless no part of the net earnings uh, uh, for private shareholder. Okay, so there's, it's kind of subtle the difference between a C3 and a C4. But I was curious, that's why I looked it up. Uh, so, so, so C four. Yeah, and uh, that's one of the uh-huh. that's one of the things I was learning is I don't remember what they had called it, but there is a different way um, of being tax exempt without becoming a corporation. And a lot of and it was interesting because right now a lot of you know pastors and churches and stuff they don't speak up or speak the truth because you know they're threatened that they'll take away their um, tax exempt status as a five hundred one c three. And what the problem is, is they can't. It's never been done in history. It's never been done that they've taken away their tax-exempt status. And one of the things that I was learning about is that there's actually this church in New York that actually ran political ads in the newspaper. And um, they were actually collecting, like, donations and stuff for this campaign in the newspaper. And it was a church. Right. And... Um, what happened is I think they said that they threatened like take their letter, but the letter doesn't actually do anything. Like they take the letter, it just doesn't do anything, doesn't mean anything. And if they wanted the letter back, then just petition for the letter back or whatever. So it didn't really have any effect. And the uh-huh. thing is, 
is where on earth did it come from that the church isn't allowed to get involved in government or anything else? It's never said that anywhere. Um, well, a lot of people try and say, oh, well, there's a separation of church. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a separation of church and state, except that there isn't. Exactly. That's nowhere to be found. Yeah, well, and um, m- most people know this now because it's been um, more people have been talking about this. But it was actually a letter with Thomas Jefferson and this church, and because um, they were in a community that was kind of different from uh, from their beliefs, I believe, and they're asking, you know, about the church and state. And he was saying, no, there's a separation of powers. He said there's a separation of powers within the church and the state. And because what they're hearing is, you know, I mean, they had just left the monarchy. You know, they don't want an established religion, you know, um, being at the top and controlling everybody. You know, they they just got away from that. They don't want that. So they were making sure that that wasn't what was happening here. Now, that doesn't mean that church isn't involved in government because it's very much true. Um, our founding fathers, now, I don't know if all of them were, like, born-again Christians, but I know majority of them did, you know, follow the Bible and were true believers in the Bible and followed it. And they, I know much of them believed in it, but I don't know if they were, like, born again or anything. Um well, that's, so the that's Bible a question. Some people say, "Oh, the, the Bible is massive." I mean, huh? that's where that's all right. Well, the, the some people, the left, will talk about the, the founding fathers as being deists. I don't even know what that means. But the founding fathers were Christians, uh, and they believed that uh, that God is supreme and that our rights come from God. And what that fundamental change was was from the British, which had the monarch was the only sovereign. And what the what the founding founding fathers said is that everybody's a sovereign. You know, you are an independent, sovereign person, and your connection is with God. You don't have to go through the king to God, and the, and the king is not God's representative on earth, that the king is simply a, a, uh, the leader of the government, and that uh, the king can neither create nor destroy rights because the rights come from God. The real separation, I actually did a report on this. One of my, if, you, if you have some time, depending on how much you want to do, I'll play it for you. It's about six or seven, seven minutes long. Um, but what it talks about, the, the whole thing with the, uh, um, the, this is Danbury Baptist. And everybody talks about the, the response that uh, Jefferson made to the Danbury Baptist. Yeah. And nobody ever asked, nobody ever asked what, the, what the question was. No one ever asked what the Danbury Baptist asked of Thomas Jefferson. And this is what was the curiosity for me. Yeah. So I looked into it, and I did a report on it. So what happened was the Danbury Baptists were a minority in the state of Connecticut. They were Baptists, and most of the, the Connecticut citizens were Congregationalists. So the Congregationalists got together and, and said that you can only be in government if you're a Congregationalist. <laughs> so so uh, and as a, and Jefferson and the Baptists said, wait a minute, how come we can't be? What's, what's going on here? I thought uh, you know, that we had a freedom of religion. Why, why are they discriminating against us? And that's when Jefferson said they can't because there's a separation not between church and state, but between the state, you know, separating your relationship with God. So in other words, your relationship with God is independent of the state. The state has no impact on that. But as, as an individual, you're talking about the powers. Yeah. But as an individual and as a church, you can certainly impact the state, you know, so it's actually the opposite of what people say. So the idea that you can't have uh, a nativity scene on, on, on public property is absurd. It's just the opposite. The government can't stop you from having an activity seen on public property because there's the separation that you and God uh, and your relationship can't be touched by government. So, of course, you can do it. So it's exactly the opposite of what the left says. And if we have some time, I'll play it for you. It's kind of interesting. But the Danbury Baptist asked Jefferson why. How can these people discriminate against us, you know, when we have a freedom of religion? And Jefferson said, we can't. They can't because they are separate from you and your relationship with God. 
That's where the separation exists, not between you and, and uh, you know, the state. The separation is between the state and you and God. That's where the separation is. So the separation is, is not church and state. It's between state and you. That's where the separation is. And that's the part that everybody misses. Does that make sense? Yeah, and our government was built in the idea mm-hmm. that it would be foundationally in the family, and the families make decisions within their communities and their churches, because the church is the heart of the community, right? And so right. all those decisions will be made in churches and communities, and government mm-hmm. will be established as those communities want in those lowest areas. Then those representatives will help, and it will go further up and up and up. So you have this strong base, and it all mm-hmm. starts with the family, and as it keeps going up, you know, that's what creates a, a good government because, you know, you can have a good government system and you can put bad people in it and it's going to be, it's going to end up bad. Or you can have mm-hmm. a bad system and put good people in it, it's going to end up bad. But if you have a good <laughs> bad, system yeah. and put good people in it, it's yeah. going to end up good. Yeah. So, yeah. But also, um, Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson wasn't even actually part of the Constitutional Convention, which is really was, interesting because he is such a profound founding father. in France or something? Was he on a mission? I forgot what he was doing, but I know he was Yeah, he's here. overseas. I don't know which country, but yeah, he was overseas. I think he was ambassador uh, to France. Yeah, which made sense because France, you know, worked with us. Well, actually, we're on our side against the British, which is, uh, you know, no France, yeah. no, no U.S. I mean, that's, I mean, they were that much involved. Yeah. Um, also, one of the things that I heard, that I learned from wall builders is about that deist, that the only um, even hint of an idea of where any of the founding fathers could have been deist, mm-hmm. it comes from the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. And he was talking about, you know, they he, one time there was a debate between, um, you know, Christians and deists and stuff. And he said a lot of the points that the deists made were interesting to him. And so he was like, well, I think some of those ideas might be better. And so he went and he studied them and stuff. And he said, Christianity's like, eh, nope, Christianity's better. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, nope, not part of that. And so he was yeah. only, and he wasn't really a deist. I guess he was like looking into it for only like probably like a day or two, I think is what he said, you know, it wasn't very long at all. And he's like, yeah, no, this isn't right. Um, and then he switched back. And I don't believe that Benjamin Franklin was born again. You know, I don't, and now we don't know this for sure, but just from, you know, learning about him, I don't believe, you know, he was born again and saved, but he did believe in the Bible. Well, that's always the question is how far back does this go? I mean, when did people start using uh, or at least the idea of being born again? You know, because uh, I don't I've never seen that in any founding document. They don't talk about that. They just talk about um, Christians or when Jefferson talked about, you know, church and state, you know, and, and then the whole, you know, well, I'll play it for you a little bit. It'd be kind of interesting. Um, but uh, it's you don't hear that expression. I don't know if that was if, if the fathers characterized Christians as born again or not. And still be Christian. So th- I don't think that split had, had occurred yet. That's what I'm curious about. I don't think that they really cared to devise it, really. I don't think that had much importance. But um, yeah. Or maybe that's just a, twin, a, a term that wasn't technically, like, coined. Like, it, it'll say, like, you are born again and stuff in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that term, like, going around, like, saying, are you born again or anything like that has been coined since recently. But I'm yeah, not I- sure. But is there a distinction in scripture? In time, anyway, 
Here's Diaz, just a quick definition. Belief in the existence of a supreme being, specifically of a creator, who does not intervene in the universe. Now, that to me makes no sense. How can you be a creator and not intervene in the universe if the the universe was created by a supreme being? That makes no sense, and yet that's what they're saying deism is. Yeah, and I, if I know this right, the deists like really worship the earth. Well, that'd be you know, those are the, the the nature worshipers. That's another. I think that's that's pagan more. As, and it's yeah. deism as opposed to theism, which is a belief in the existence of a god or gods. They say, especially belief in one god as creator of the universe. So deism and theism are actually opposite. As opposed to atheism, yeah. which is belief in which is belief in no god, the opposite of theism. It's interesting. Anyway, dark money. So um, I'm going <laughs> to switch back to dark, yeah, to dark yeah. money. So all of this kind of surrounds PACs, which is like another term for like organizations, kind of. Um, but they're all to do, but they're all oh. to do with um, political like campaigns and stuff to help. Do you know what fund stands for? PAC actually is a word. It's an acronym. Do you know what it stands for? Yeah, I figured it was an acronym, but I don't know, don't know what it stands for. I did it. Politi- yeah, political action committee. It was a way to raise money and get around the individual campaign limitations. So when, when Congress said you can only, I think it's like 2500 per individual, whatever the limitation is, 200 I, I don't know what it is. I've never had enough money to donate anyway. Um, but the point is that they said, okay, well, they, they let this loophole. So, okay, you can't donate to, to a, a person running for Congress directly or a state legislature, but you can donate to an organization that helps them. And those donations were pretty much unlimited. They call it soft money. So I want to go from money, regular money, uh, direct contributions, soft money, which goes to PACs, which goes to the, the, um, the campaigns and stuff, and then dark money, which is the, the mystery money that goes to PACs and goes everywhere else. So I'm kind of curious to see where you're going with this. But that's what a PAC is. It's a political action committee. And it came out as a way to get around the individual limitations on contributions. Yeah, and... This comes from the 501c4. Uh-huh. And with this, um, they say, oh, you have to show where all your funds, what all your funds are being used for. Right? And like, oh, okay, that's good. Uh-huh. Now, the thing is, they don't have to be, like, super specific. Like, they can be, like, appliances and get, like, they don't have to, like, toaster and things like that, I don't think. Uh-huh. But, um, so you can't see, like, this specifically. But... What they do, what they don't have to put is where the money came from, and so you don't know where a lot of the money has come from, and that's where the term dark money comes in because that's what it's all about. Um, and so part of it was those states that I was talking about, like why on earth are other states interfering? But um, with these, what she did, she went on that these different packs and stuff, whenever she was trying to find, like, the address, like, how to get in contact with these things, how to how to figure out, you know, where is it starting? Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, service boxes, you know, uh, websites, yeah. what, what, what were they listing? Vacant lots? Um, it was, like, the same thing it, on multiple different ones, on multiple different what? packs. It was, like, something Nickel Hill something. Uh, but, th- that, but they didn't tell you anything. Like you, you showed up and there, there'd be nothing. People couldn't tell you anything. Nickel Hills, you know, where did they give you a state or a town or something or a zip code? I mean, let's look it up. Let's look up the yeah, address. Yeah, that's in got. um, that that's in Oklahoma. Um, I didn't write this part down, so that one was kind of like 
half remembered. Let's look it up. Hang on, hang on. Let's look up. Let's look up Pax Nickel Hills, Oklahoma, and see what we get. Hang on, this is gonna be fun. I love our ongoing investigations here, which means we don't have to tell the FBI what we're doing, even we know, even though we know they're listening. <laughs> okay, so nickel is it nickel N I C K E L E? Um, N I C H O L S. Well, this isn't a person. N I C H O L S. Nichols Hill, Oklahoma. I'm reaching around my microphone. It's hard to type. Oklahoma. And oh, well, they give you somebody's address. Well, that's nice. Ooh. Okay. So what's the what's the address? Oh no, not is that it, one. Is it is it a private address um, or, or I don't know if I mentioned it on the air. Let's just put Nickel Hill, uh, Nickel Hill, Oklahoma. See what we get. Uh, WP fifty Oklahoma County Assessor, Nichols Hills, Oklahoma MapQuest, City of Nichols Hills, Nichols Hills Clerk, Packing Shipping Mail in uh, okay, Oklahoma City. Down. You'll see Pack and Ship. Nichols Hills Pack and Ship. I got Packing Shipping Mailing. Is that the same thing? Nichols Ship Pack and Ship dot com. Okay. All right. Now I'm curious. Yes. Oh. This is what she was talking about very specifically. Because this Welcome is where a lot of it comes ship. through at. Well, this is just a local pack and ship center. Mm-hmm. This is like a, a UPS store. Or is it? Mm-hmm. Is there more to it? And this is what they put on so many of them. Where they, they can't give you any information. There's nobody to contact about getting information of where this money has come from. I got an address right here. Is it, you know, Northwestern Avenue, Oklahoma City. I won't give you the exact number. I got a phone number, too. You want to call them? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, are you the well, source of dark money? I mean, Listen, with your voice, with your, your sweet, innocent voice, if you called them up and said, hi, I'm doing a school report, can you tell me if you're the source of dark money for Oklahoma? <laughs> that would be hysterical. You can be such a good investigative reporter because no one suspects you of anything. You've you got to use this advantage while you can. Because <laughs> one day you're going to sound mature and you're gonna, it's not going to be the same thing. But right now, you could call anybody and ask them anything. Yeah, that'd be funny. Off the air, don't do it now. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's a source of dark right money. Now. I heard. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. But no, just to say, look, I heard about you guys as a source of dark money. Can you comment on that, please? <laughs> Let's see what they say. How are you at investigative journalism? How brave do you feel? And well, well, this <laughs> the pack and ship isn't the source of the dark money. Right. Or they're they're just, the, like um, the conduit. Call it like what they the, use. The the the, the, the shipping they place. Use. Okay, so in other words, so that's the address they're using, but they're not actually doing anything there. It's like you hear about the phantom addresses with uh, this. We had a guest on not too long ago, talked about this um, uh, Redfish Road, uh, Red Belt, no, it's Red Belly Road. So there's one of our counties in Florida has a, has, a, has a street that doesn't exist called Red Belly Road. And thousands of people were registered to vote on Red Belly Road, but Red Belly Road doesn't exist. So these are all fraudulent votes. So in the same way, it's very possible that this center is people are using that address. Uh, it, but it's not actually what's going on. Or like you'll hear about, um, you know, 2,000 people, you know, registered to vote at the same, you know, one-story house. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, but yet they use that. So this kind of fraud goes on all the time. So so maybe, you know, Nichols Hill packing ship is uh, is is a, an address that they're using, but we're not really sure. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Anyway, yeah. so what was the presenter saying? Yeah, basically that you can't get in contact with where the actual money came from. These people have hack and ship, they won't be able to tell you anything. Um, 
Well, they can't give away their. So their, that was if part people like, are using them. That's the whole point of using them is that it's private, and so they they're not supposed to give away uh, information. I'd just be curious if they're. But if they if they're doing dark money stuff, then that's not legal. So yeah, we should certainly ask them. Well, hiding where the money comes from, like th- 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 she wrote a bill on this, and I was telling her, or I told like all of them about um, Action Radio about putting bills on there. So I'm mm-hmm. going to talk to her again because she has a bill to change this to where you can see where the money comes from because there's a federal law that says you mm. can't have any foreign money influencing campaigns in American politics. Um, like in Obama's, and she was talking about like in Obama's election, there was an Indian guy who, mm-hmm. um, like from India, or was it Africa? I think it was India. I think she said India that um, was helping fund his campaign. Um, yeah, and Clinton had a bunch of people from and, China, Char- Charlie Tree and these other people pop into my head. But we can look up Obama's India connection. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, well, and this is so, the problem with, with the, well, just the problem with, and Pianchi has a comment here, C3 status are not to engage in politics. I think C4 is the same thing. So, so the whole point of putting church, and here's a question for you. So if the churches are listed as corporations by the government and they're nonprofit, which means they don't have to pay taxes on their, on their tithes and on their, on their contributions, which is the whole point of doing that, uh, and then it says that they can't engage in politics, this actually is a way to, to suppress churches from not only their free speech, um, but their, their right of uh, the government is then establishing a religion by making them a corporation of the government. So you get two violations of the First Amendment with this whole process, and yet they have to do it. Uh, otherwise, they have to pay taxes on their donations. So that's where the problem seems to me. And it's so critical, too, because as soon as you try and destroy that foundation of the church and their mm-hmm. input and what they are, Mm-hmm. And as soon as you try and destroy the family unit, which they have been trying to do for years, mm-hmm. like 60-plus years, mm-hmm. you know, they've been trying to destroy North the communism. family unit. Because yeah, if you are communism. able to destroy yeah. the foundation, mm-hmm. then you can have all of the power. And yeah, you replace God with government. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Is that none of the candidates in Oklahoma for the 2022 election were mm-hmm. citizen, or, uh, yeah, citizen candidates, um, basically like funded by a bunch of like citizens donating is what I am pretty sure. Um, not completely positive on this, but she was saying that all of them were part of these like organizations or PACs, and one of the biggest mm. ones are called CAMP, C-A-M-P. It's also an acronym. I don't know what it stands for. Here, let me see that out. So it yeah, let's find for. out. Do you yeah. know what CAMP stands the, for? Oh, you, got, you got help there? Okay. Or are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, I'm Googling this. Um, now, go ahead. Take a look. C-A-M-P. Committee for the Advancement of Malevolent. I don't know. Let's see what it says. Oh, I hear you typing. <laughs> <laughs> this is live radio, folks. Yep. We, we, just do it. we just do it all right here on the air. We don't care. Doesn't matter to us. It's all podcast anyway. Go listen yeah. later. You got something? Nope. <laughs> Let me try. Um, I also sent you the uh, 501C um, information from the Cornell Legal Information Institute. So that you can use that as, as further research, too. So C, period A, right. period M, period P, period. Let's see what comes up. Uh, I got climbing gear. <laughs> Camp UK, Camp Brand Products, Camping Association. Let's put in camp and let's put politics. P-O-L-I-T-I-C-S. 
Oh my goodness, I cannot find this anywhere. Yeah, that's interesting too. That's interesting all by itself. I'm getting all this yeah. camp stuff, but I separated it with periods. So, so uh, let's put camp political action committee and see what comes up. Uh, let's see. Here. Yeah, um, political action committee. Yeah, this is where it looks like. Well, well, <laughs> camp. Camp pack frequently asked questions. Oh, wait a minute. I think I found something. Oh, that's the campsite.org. Maybe they're hiding it. Camp, federal pack. <laughs> okay, federal political action committee. Define federal. Oh, this is camp pack. There's actually a pack, camp pack. Camp Federal PAC is a multi-candidate committee, meaning it has more than 50 contributors, has been registered with the FEC, that's Federal Election Commission, for at least six months and has made contributions to at least five candidates for federal office. And this is dated, I'm not sure where this is dated, Camp, oh, it's, it's uh, California Association of Mortgage Professionals. Well, this is, this is like a banker's thing. Okay, so that's, a, that's the wrong PAC, but at least we're on that track here. Yeah, and one of the things that she's talking about is, the uh-huh. amount that was like being donated, like a hundred thousand dollars. Like no citizen is just gonna up and donate a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. You have to be really rich or own some kind of cor- business corporation of some sort to donate a hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's but, like the George Soros and uh, and the Koch brothers and some of the well-known. Um, or China. <laughs> China. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're supposed to register as foreign agents. Doesn't mean they do. Yeah. Let me send you something else here too mm-hmm. that I that I that I found. I've got all this information for you. It's kind of fun. Uh, I found a thing called Open Secrets. It's a way to look up donors. So let me message that to you as well. So for those listening, wondering what we're doing, we're actually doing research on the air. <laughs> we're just you know we're following down the leads and see where it, see where it takes us. The rabbit holes are really fun. Internet is fascinating, not only for what they tell you but what they don't tell you. Now how come we can't look up? Can't, there's something wrong there. That's yeah. weird. That's weird in itself. Here, uh-huh. She made a web of all the organizations that she had found. And she found that every single one of these different packs and alliances and groups and all these different things all tied together. And she, so she made a web. And there's so many different arrows of all these things connecting to so many things. Um, so when's she coming on the show? Some of these packs are... Huh? When's she coming on the show? Are we working on it? Working. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You know, just, you know, work in progress. Yeah. I, I want everybody on the show, you know, and especially uh, if you bring someone on, you get to interview them. I'll, I'll ask my usual nosy questions, but, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get to do the yeah. majority of it. Yeah. Okay. But these packs are the Truth Pack. Um, it says the FEC Pack. Jeffrey Long for Steve McCullough. So the FEC is the federal, I don't know, it's federal something, Federal Elections Commission. Yeah, Um, FEC, right. Mm -hmm. Literally federal. And then for Oklahoma, it's called the Oklahoma Ethics Commission. Um, And so whichever one it is, you're supposed to file with whichever one that is to, to, um, I guess you're funding or something with your money. I'm not exactly sure what all goes into that. Um, well, how are these things are not because you're supposed, to look them up. The, you're supposed to be able to look up yeah. you know, donors. 
So how does it, how do they get to be dark money? Is it by giving to the PAC and then the PAC gives to the candidate? Is it like money laundering? And that's what it sounds like. Yes. So basically the people will donate through this or people will fund through this PAC. So nobody knows who they are. There's no name that goes with them, but they still have all this influence, but it's all like the PAC's doing. Um, hmm. It's also one of the things like, you know, the candidates can't collude with their uh, packs or anything because these packs are just donating and stuff and they're well, running out ads, happens. running out all this different stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. That but, never happens, does it, Brianna? So, <laughs> yeah, well, actually, um, she was talking about Joy Hoffmeister, which she ran for the governor's race this last time. She lost. Okay. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that she was saying about, I don't know which year it was. Um, I'm guessing earlier 2000s, but I'm not for sure which year it was. But mm-hmm. she was saying that her and here, I'm going to read up some of the other names that she listed. I think there might be a couple more. Um, Stephen Crawford, uh, Stephanie Milligen, but I think she changed her last name to Alexander with Chad Alexander. And I think Chad Alexander was the one who was more directly um, in the scheme or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then Found Holland um, and the president of the OEA. Um, What's that? Oklahoma Ethics Association, maybe. I don't know. Elections Association. Yeah, this, you get mired, mired in these uh, in these different um, things. It's quite interesting how all these different organizations Oklahoma and they're all Education for Education uh, Association. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, actually, this is Stephanie Alexander, I think she's that sounds familiar. working in some position. Here, let me see. Let me Google her because I think she, they are saying she works in, like, some big position. Now. But basically, um, oh, hold on. All these people, they got convicted of colluding because what they were doing is they were saying, hey, PACs or whatever, here, put this out, put this ad out, put this, I don't know, beat down on my opponent down, but don't tie my name into this because, you know, like, um, I would do it, but, you know, why don't you go ahead and pay for it? And so they pay for it and they do it and they leave her name out of it. Like, she wasn't part of it or anything. Um, so that that's kind of like where the colluding comes from, even though. You know, it is technically her ad. Um, yeah. Well, how much money are we talking about? But, how much dark money is there? Is, is there a way to know how much it is, even if we don't know where it comes from? Or is, is that all part um, of the mystery? Well, you see, well, the PACs will probably have multiple candidates. Um, what she was talking about is some of them had a lot of different candidates, like Camp. Camp was one of the biggest ones. And okay. um, so for each one, though, there's with the uh, – 501c4 is that you have to say, like, where your money goes towards. So I'm sure you can find different amounts, like, in that kind of area. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know how much you can find outside of that area. Um, Let's see. Hmm. Well, I found Obama's fundraiser. Here's one for you from uh, from the Indian News. And this is where I love the foreign sources. Um, And this is from September 13, 2013. U.S. President Barack Obama has appointed a top Indian-American, as opposed to an American Indian, fundraiser who worked for his re-election campaign to a key administrative post. Well, that makes sense. Fundraisers always, you know. Azita Raji, 
Does that name sound familiar? R-A-J-I. Azita Raji. Azita, A-Z-I-T-A, Raji, R-A-J-I, who reportedly raised more than $3 million in contributions. Not bad. Uh, Has been appointed as member of the President's Commission on White House Fellowship. (laughs) You're looking for more fellowship and more money. Well, he's such a corrupt politician anyway. But, uh, yeah, that's who uh, we're talking about. Okay, this one says... Uh-huh. Stephanie Alexander was the Trump campaign's new chief of staff, faced campaign finance charges in Oklahoma in 2016. So 2016 is probably the year that this happened. Um, this one, it says uh, OKCFox.com. Um, it talks about her being the last person accused alongside Joy Hoffmeister in jail. Oh, are these are mug shots. <laughs> oh, <funny. laughs> um, uh, That's funny but too, supposedly too. the whole case got dropped and there was no explanation for it and nobody knows why because they well, I it, mean, it, it wasn't a real case they did yeah. this but well here's a question for you though dropped you know, it and nobody knows why I know why because there was never a case to begin with see now let's go to, let's talk about Trump's case now so Trump has had first of all Russia 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 was the hoax right the Mueller commission was a hoax they never had any, any, any evidence. They just wanted to uh, upset Trump. He had two impeachments, one that was done by poll. I mean, they basically said, you know, Nancy Pelosi said, who, who thinks Trump's guilty of, and should be impeached? Oh, we do. All the Democrats. Okay, fine. You know, but there's never an investigation. The first one, they actually had a trial. But that was bogus, too. There's never any uh, information there, too. So what uh, I learned from a, a Matt Gates special, who's my congressman, when he was on with Neil McCabe of One American News, talked about the process. They don't care about the verdict. They just use the process against you. They will cost you money. They will cost you time. And as they say, uh, you know, these, these Trump, the, the news was full of, of accusations where Trump said, well, he must be guilty of something. Look at all these accusations. Well, of course, that's a bunch of BS. It's nonsense. You can make all the accusations you want. You know, my favorite one is I can say that, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi sleeps with fuzzy blue teddy bears. It's a rather horrible image, but, you know, try to get that out of your head. So every time you see Nancy Pelosi, you go, I wonder if she sleeps with fuzzy blue teddy bears. doesn't matter if it's true or not. I made the accusation. The accusation becomes the, the, the conviction, and you can't do it that way. That's what the French did in the French Revolution. I accuse you of whatever, you know, off with your head, literally. They, they you know, behead people on accusations because you must be guilty or they wouldn't have accused you. So that's why the police has such influence. So, the, so, so it doesn't matter. The guilt or innocence or the facts don't matter. It's the accusation that matters. It's getting you in the process. It's delaying you. It's costing you money. They know they have no case against Trump. They took one bogus charge, made 34 of them, and then they, but they, don't care. they know he's already they know he's innocent of all this stuff. They don't care. They're costing him time and costing him money. That's what it's all about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's. I don't know if it actually had happened or not because I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> but um, it says the charges allege Hoffmeister's campaign inspired with a super PAC called Oklahoma's for Oklahomans for Public School Excellence in violation of campaign laws. The PAC was run by well-known Republican campaign strategist Chad Alexander. The PAC's leadership transferred to Stephen Milligan after his arrest for drug possession. Charges alleged defendants worked together to use Oklahomans for public school excellence to exceed exceed campaign donation limits and accept corporation donations in violation of Oklahoma law and that they operated the super PAC outside guidelines for the 501-4C. Oh, is it 4C? Mm -hmm. Let's say 4. 
Oh, either 64. way. And yeah. coordinated with the campaign while hiding their actions as an independent expenditure. And well, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you talk about outside states having influence. I mean, there's a reason that uh, money comes in for candidates from out of state. Uh, Andrew Gillum, who was running for governor of Florida against uh, Ron DeSantis, got a ton of money from out of state because the Democrats wanted a Florida Democrat governor. So they'll do this all the time. They'll pick up these obscure races like district attorney, and all this money will come in. So I would love to see a bill that says money cannot come from a candidate from outside of their jurisdiction. So in other words, if, if you're running for Congress, you're, it can't come from outside your, you know, your congressional district. Of course, they can always move in, but it, it takes more effort. Uh, if you're, uh, so the only people that could do it nationwide would be run, people running for nationwide office. The only nationwide office is president. So that anybody can donate, but uh, but you want to keep the money out. You don't want money from uh, from New York pouring into Oklahoma, so they can try and you know flip a few districts to make Oklahoma more of a, of a Democrat state uh, than it would otherwise be, which would be which would favor New York because then they'll get more Fed money. There'll be more Democrat states giving more money away. Yeah. Um, one of the things that was interesting, it was called like um, Oklahoma conservatives or Oklahomans for conservative values or something like that. Uh Um, I think that might have been what it was, Oklahomans for conservative values. But basically they ran a bunch of ads. They put a bunch of things in the mail um, and sent it out to a ton of people. Um, And they had like online presence on like Facebook, maybe Instagram, I don't know. Um, Uh But... Um, this is one of the things they were talking about in this. So supposedly they had all this going all out, and they're like acting as if they're like an actual organization of some sort. And well, they went in to like the Facebook. Uh, well, they went in to try and like Google these people and stuff. And the website, nothing. You know, the um, you couldn't call them. You couldn't email them. Um, they would have things there, but it would go like. Uh, say disconnected or doesn't exist, things like that. So there's absolutely no way to contact this supposedly um, Oklahoma's for conservative values or whatever it was. Um, There's no way to contact it and know that it was real. And so it just seems like a name that they were using to fund all these Uh ads and stuff. So it could all be complete lies. It could be run by a Democrat. Um, if oh, you be run by the Chinese, I mean, you have no idea what exactly. is behind this. This at is all. a common practice that's been going on for for a long time. That you'll have, you know, the committee to, uh, you know, benefit the earth, and and it's Monsanto. <laughs> you know, you'll have uh, something the, the 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 Clean Air Alliance, and it's run by you know R.J. Reynolds Tobacco. <laughs> You've got these really horrible things that are run by people that you wouldn't expect. You know, um, uh, you know, a future for or a great energy future for America, and it's run by nuclear power plants and oil companies and who knows who else, uh, or solar companies funded by China. You know, I mean, you don't know. So, so what you really need is the truth, truth in in uh, groups. So the the way to get around money is the same way to get around these packs, the same way to get around everything else, and that's disclosure, and that uh, that comes from the the, the FEC, 
the, the feck, which, which is feckless, the feckless feck. The, uh, I probably should be careful when I say that on the radio, uh, the Federal Elections Commission. Um, but so we need to have full disclosure, and disclosure would include, and of course they work hard not to do that. So the lobbyists pay off the Congress uh, so that they don't have full disclosure, so they can have dark money. They can have committees name things that have nothing to do with what they're doing or the complete opposite of what they're doing, uh, and they can hide their sources. But yet they want to control the churches by making them a corporation. That's where we stand now. So there's there's some serious corrective uh, legislation needed. Um, Before we go, though, today, I want to talk about the Canadian fires, because I know we mentioned that a little bit. You've come up with some rather interesting evidence about what's going on there. Actually, one more more thing. Okay. Sure. Um, It's called CREW. It's another one of those PACs, Um, Mm C-R-E-W. It's another PAC. And supposedly they're by the Prosperity Alliance that hasn't filed taxes since 2018. Mm. Now, they have not been investigated at all. There's been nothing. People have called in on them. They have alerted the IRS. Nothing. They just ignore it. But if that was happened to a citizen, oh, you know, they'd be all over that. Um, people well, who, have filed is it a Democrat organization? Is it, is it Democrat? Is it progressive? Is it communist? I mean, who are they? Um. Honestly, I don't know, but I don't – honestly, I don't care who they're for. <laughs> I mean, well, what's, the, what's it called again? That, what's it called again? C-R-E-W, and they're for the Prosperity Alliance. What's it got Prosperity Alliance? That sounds conservative, but it might not be. Yeah. Either way, they should file their taxes like citizens have to. Um, also, the last uh, – or one of these little parts is that um, – 56 are in the House of Representatives are by camp. 32 of our huh. Senate is by camp. Those are big numbers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of prosperity alliances. Oh, here we go. Crew asks IRS to investigate prosperity alliance. Oh, here we go. Citizens for Ethics. You might find this one interesting. So crew, let's see if they define crew. Of course, the first thing they want is a donation. Uh, Crew filed a supplemental complaint against Prosperity Alliance based on its 2018 tax returns, similar to 2017, in which the basis for Crew's initial complaint, Prosperity Alliance, uh, uh, failed to disclose hundreds of thousands of dollars it contributed to a political organization. So you got organizations contributing to other organizations. Again, it's money laundering. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see if you can find what, find what Crew is. It doesn't say what Crew is. This is Ohio politics, so we're, we're, the Ohio comes up again. Do you remember when um, this yeah, was a few years ago? Do you remember the whole Lois Lerner? Remember the whole Lois Lerner thing, where um, no. they were withholding. Lois Lerner was the person at the IRS who withheld five hundred one c three nonprofit status for conservative groups while giving it to liberal groups. The liberal groups got got shot through immediately. Conservative groups, they weren't given it. Oh. It was a way to defund conservative groups. Now, she was guilty, fired, let go. She still kept her huge retirement, and nothing happened to her. What she did was criminal. But there's, there's another double standard of uh, you know, what should happen versus what, uh, what does happen. So what should happen is she should have gone to jail because she was purposely suppressing yeah. conservative political activity by, by withholding nonprofit status from legitimate groups. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So that's all the information that I really had for today was just to show, um, you know, you don't know where the money is coming from. A lot of different states and countries could be in this. You know, it could be foreign, which is against the federal law, which is why one of the reasons uh, Jenny White was writing this 
bill to get rid of this because how on earth are you supposed to know there's um, foreign funding in elections if you can't see who's funding the elections? What's um, in your bill? Uh, what's there's your a bill lot do? of PACs that yeah. – you know, let's see here. Let's go over here because I think she might have it up. But okay. there's a lot of PACs involved that have little puppets all over. So let's see. <laughs> It's loading. This pause brought to you by Brianna's thinking. We'll be right back. We have a bunch <laughs> of different bills here. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we'll pick it up next time. Um, I got Pianca in the line. He wants to ask you a yeah. question or two. Do you, do you, uh, you want to do fires or do you want to take a question? Or whichever. All right, let's let's do this, and then we'll get. To, I want to, I do want to talk about the fire so quickly, though. So I'll bring Pianki on here. Pianki, welcome. What uh, what you got for Brianna? Now the uh, a C three status can be challenged at the time of renewal by anyone. Uh, they can demand copies of the IRS designation whereas they can proceed to challenge the renewal. The CC, the C3 status benefits the contributor because the contributor is able to deduct whatever they contribute from their gross income tax. Well, why do we have to make a, a uh, an entity nonprofit so people can deduct their contributions? Why can't they just deduct their contributions anyway? Why, why, why is that even an issue? Because... Because the federal government, it created that because C3 organizations are to provide a service that people otherwise look to the federal government for. Right. But what I'm saying is, uh, but what, well, let me ask Brianna that question. So, so do you think we need to establish, hold on a second, we need to establish this at both ends. You know, if someone wants to donate to charity, whatever that charity might be, um, do we need to have a, a whole complex procedure so the federal government, you know, has them as either a 501c3 or a 501c4? Why can't they just get the designation? Uh, and even I don't understand why you can't donate to a profitable organization. I mean, Action Radio is for profit because we lobby. And that's one of the you things can. you talked about. You earlier. can with C4. Uh, you C4. can. The convention of states is is both C3 and C4. Okay. C3 cannot get involved with politics. C4 right. side of it, which is the action, can. I do that all the time. Well, I do that myself when I go to the Capitol to lobby uh, legislators on a particular bill that's beneficial to yeah. conventional states. Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Brianna? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a little bit tricky, but um, because I kind of want to say, well, if organizations don't get involved in, like, certain things, you know, because there are, are like, laws of things that are legal, and if they don't involve anything that has to do with any of those laws, then I don't think it really matters either way because they're not really affecting anything in that area. And if Mm -hmm. we find that something's bad, well, then write a law, and then we change it. Um, So I think it would only go for things that... Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Well, I should say there's another oh, way well, of this too. Like, and, if and it doesn't have... uh, go ahead. No, you, you go first. 
if it doesn't have any connection to a law or anything that they'll be doing that would uh, hiding something from legal or <laughs> doing something illegal and like hiding it, um, then I don't think it would matter. Hmm. Well, there's another answer to this, and that is to, that uh, charitable contributions are not tax deductible. You know, uh, unless you're donating a huge amount, you know, a deduction is usually at the rate that you pay taxes. Most people's tax rate uh, is 15%. Uh, and most people don't itemize anyway. Most people take the standard deduction because that covers almost everything now because they've combined the exemption with the deduction. So you'd have to donate a hell of a lot of money, you know, before, the, before it would even matter. And if you're donating that much money, you shouldn't worry about the tax deduction anyway. So I think maybe the answer is that we don't have these things tax deductible. And so that the churches don't become a corporation, that they exist on their own. If people want to donate, great. It's not tax deductible. And if that cuts into the donations, then fine. Then you deduct from your contribution the part that would have been tax deductible and donate the rest. So donate, you know, 90% or, or 85% of what you would have donated. Keep your 15% tax. Okay, churches have always been like tax exempt and tax deductible because there's not the government could ramp up the charges of taxing right. churches and stuff and basically run them out. So I think it is important that churches remain um, tax exempt. Well, the churches should remain tax exempt, but the contributions of the contributions. Yeah, exactly. So the church themselves, I don't think we tax church property, for example. But then again, how many, the problem is comes in when business start masquerading as churches. You know, you've got, uh, you know, Bob Smith's, you know, Church of, of, of the Holy Oyster, you know, or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, our tax exempt, and then they're selling oysters. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to be careful with this. But a, a mainstream church, Protestant, It's just like Catholic, satanic ones. Yeah, like, our satanic well, are they tax exempt? Yeah. Are satanic churches tax exempt? Um, yeah, no, I don't believe they should yeah. be. But are they, they have as much right as in it. they have as much right as anybody else? But the thing with the C three with mm-hmm. churches, churches would bring a politician, especially this is noted in black churches, would bring politicians in and given the pulpit to address the congregation. And of course, then you got a large number of people sitting there, and they will attend to vote for that candidate. That has mm-hmm. been an ongoing disputed a problem. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think you know that, that uh, these. I think churches should be tax exempt. They shouldn't be taxed as corporations because they're not the churches. You know, and we do have uh, yeah. you know a First Amendment. So the, so and the church is supposed to be a moral force on the government. That's the whole point of a church. Uh, besides the you know God and religion itself. But in other words, but there's nothing wrong with churches getting involved in politics. But I don't know. I don't like the idea of having to to be certified by the government to have tax deductions. You know, we might just want to wipe out the deductibility of the contributions because you don't get that much back anyways. You, you donate a hundred dollars. What can you write off $15 off your taxes for the 15%? That's not much. Well, you don't, you donate to multiple organizations and no churches shouldn't get involved in politics because you don't offer equal time to the opposite candidate. But you don't have the to. Opposite you don't have candidate. To. No, that was, that was like if a fairness doctrine. You have to, nah, I don't you agree. have to offer well, what's that, Brianna? Well, hey, Brianna, do you remember the thing before? I'm going to leave Brianna to her, her show. We can talk about this later. 
Okay. Well, we got the third hour, but I got other things for the third hour. Let me just ask Brianna. Do you remember the Fairness Doctrine, Brianna? Um, I don't think so. What did you say? Okay, so there was something called the Fairness Doctrine. This is what basically killed talk radio. This is why. I, well, I think we should talk about this a little bit, Pianchi, because it's an interesting topic. The Fairness Doctrine said that you had to have equal time. So in other words, if you had a conservative person speaking, you had to give equal time to a liberal person speaking. So those that wanted to hear a conservative speaker would turn off during the liberal speaker, and talk radio died. What happened during the Reagan administration was they got rid of the Fairness Doctrine. So conservative stations could be you know, 24-7 conservative. They didn't have to have equal time. You know, Rush Limbaugh used to say, I am equal time compared to all the liberal you know, news broadcasts. And so getting rid of the fairness doctrine was, was a wonderful thing. I don't mind people taking a position. I don't care, you know, even if they don't disclose necessarily their position. But I don't believe in equal time. You don't mandate that the, you know, the other side of your position have equal time. I think that's crazy. Because there are plenty of sources that will have leftist news. So there are conservative news sources. You know, you can have probably satanic news if you look for it. And now the satanic news broadcasts with Art Devil, you know, I mean, is that something that was there. like influenced by the government? Well, the government mandated it. So, in other words, so so NPR, yeah, would, we'll if, see. They, if they did, yeah, go ahead. We'll see with that, you know, automatically, I'm against it, no matter what they said, because the government shouldn't mandate anything from any kind of media sources or anything mm-hmm. yeah. to do with the citizens. Especially so no matter what they would have mandated, but even if it was something good that I agree with, I would still not want them to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, it was unconstitutional because free speech implies that you can take a position and that you cannot be required to take a different position or present a different position. Yeah. Oh, Marco asked, did I name the presenter Art Devil for a reason? No, I literally made that up on the spot. Oh, not Art Bell. Art Bell's called Art Devil. <laughs> Art Bell was great. He used to do the UFO stuff. Hey, let's talk about UFOs for a minute before Josie gets here. Or Canadian fires. I think the UFO thing is interesting from a religious perspective. Your choice, Brianna. What? <laughs> Back again. Sorry. Well, we've got, uh, Josie's going to join us anytime. Looking something so up. No, I understand that. For folks that think that we're not paying attention, uh, we do a lot of looking up during the show. So, uh, you know, it's like that's when people <laughs> ask to repeat things. It's like, it's okay. So we got a couple minutes. Do you want to do Canadian Fires or God and Aliens? We're talking about God and Aliens before the show. And is there any reason to think um, that God wouldn't create aliens for, or, or like I say, or did the Canadians start their own, did the Canadian government start the fires? I think that's the real question. Your choice. Well, um, with the fires, it's really kind of tricky. Um, I have this one uh, source that I like to follow, um, but they posted multiple different things from uh, different publishers. And, you know, one of them was the planes flying over and spewing what looked like lava, honestly. It kind of looked like lava, but um, it was definitely some kind of flame. Um, that they were dropping out of their planes, um, like, into the forests. And whenever mm-hmm. you look at a weather map, there was a bunch of different fires that started, like, right at the same time in different areas. How um, about that? But <laughs> that also, was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Also, there's pictures of them flying planes over spewing water onto all of this, you know. But, you know, honestly, it's hard to say who started it. But because of that video of the planes dropping it, Mm-hmm. Um, the fire of some sort. I mean, 
it makes you think maybe this was done on purpose. Um, why? Well, here's, here's, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Am I for sure on that? No. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just what it looks like whenever you see the different videos and articles on it. Yeah. Do you, so did you, I, I think I interrupted you. Do you think that the Canadian government started the fires or different folks, maybe environmental wackos to prove that climate change is, is real, even though it isn't? Do you think that they started the fires or do you think the fires naturally occurred? So we've got three choices, government, private, or natural. Take a guess, because um, we don't know. That they started, I definitely think it was started by mankind. Whether it okay. was an organization, whether it was wacko, whether it was a rich wacko, whether it was the <laughs> Canadian government, whether it was the American government, whether if it was, you know, the World Health Organization. You know, I wouldn't be able to say who did it, but anything is a viable option. It could have been a conglomeration of WACOs, U.S., Canada, and different global organizations. I mean, you never know. That would be interesting. Well, here's what I know. Uh, when I look at the pictures, the, uh, the, the aircraft spewing flames uh, appear to be helicopters, and it looks like it's coming from the exact same container that would have been used for water or flame retardant. So it looks to me like those are photoshopped. The fact that all that flame is pouring out from like a volcano and the fact that nothing seems to be catching fire on the ground below looks suspicious also. So those to me don't seem real. I think those are photoshopped. Now, the satellite pictures of all the fires starting at the same time, that's much more interesting to me. Because if you notice, the wind is blowing the smoke all in the same direction. And you notice that they're also clear skies. Well, the most likely uh, ignition of uh, forest fires is lightning. Well, you don't get lightning from clear skies. So that looks suspicious. So the fact that they all started at the same time, they all started on a clear day, looks to me like they were set. And like you, I don't know whether it's government, private, or both. That's where it gets interesting. What do you think? And then I'll get to yeah. Jesse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the best reason. Okay. Well, we'll see if we can pick it up next week. Um, so let's get your sign off. I'll get to Josie, and you're welcome to stay as always. Good report. This is fun. Brianna Cannon with Government Inquiry on Action Radio. Goodbye. All right. Thanks, Brianna. Mm-hmm. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossie knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Coffey. Buenos dias, Josie. ¿Qué pasa, chica? Good morning. Hey, good morning. I'm sorry. I just got on the phone. I was doing my Bible study this morning. I was running a little late. Uh, I started uh, my Bible study, uh, pray.com, and it's awesome because you can do the Bible in one year. So it's awesome. I like it. Pray.com. Guten Tag. So that's what you did. Buenos dias, chico. (laughs) Yeah. Ni hao. Konnichiwa. Ni hao. <laughs> G'day. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if we get a we'll talk of, of, of everything. 
Hey, yeah, uh, yeah. you were talking about the fires. I heard that a little bit with um, Brianna. Well, let me ask you because you're you're in touch with the people that you can't tell me about. What are they saying? I'm curious. Uh, what I heard is uh, that they were set on uh, they started the fire on purpose uh, to create chaos. Uh, and the media blame climate change on the wildfires, you know. Uh, but it looks like they've been making many arrests already behind this whole situation. So who are they arresting? Are they arresting so, private people, environmental wackos, government folks, you know, intelligence operatives? They who, who's being say, arrested? but I was watching a program that I watched, and they were talking a little bit about it. Hmm. That they're starting to make arrests. Uh, it was made on purpose. And it's just well, yeah, they all start at the same like time on a clear day. That's what I was saying, that lightning starts most exactly. fires. If they're not man-made, they're started by lightning. That's, that's the number one ignition yeah. source of fires because it is the only ignition source, really, unless you're, you know, I yeah. don't know if the sun gets so hot that the rocks heat up that tinder will actually combust. I don't think so because I think the, the, yeah. the uh, ignition temperature of, uh, of wood and tinder and leaves is too high. Even on a hot rock, it's only going to get up to 100. <laughs> they're only going to get up to the, the temperature of, of the air around them or, or whatever the sun heats them up to. Um, although you yeah. can fry an egg on a rock. I've, I've, I've seen that actually done. Uh, but I don't think you can start a fire. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. You can fry yeah. eggs on rocks. It takes a while, <laughs> but it can be done. Um, but the question is yeah. why? Because they all, they all appear to start at the same time, and they all appear to start on a clear day. And the it's prevailing winds all blowing in the same direction. Okay. It's to create distraction. What's really going on mm-hmm. with our economy? Uh, some something to do with that, and also Trump. Just so why Canada? The derail the, because con, Canada are working together with the criminals in our government. They're all in it. Yeah. Okay. But why not start them here? Team. But why not start them here? Well, they're starting there to get the people in New York back in masks again. So a lot of people, (laughs) uh, I I have called uh, the wife of a pastor. Everybody's going around in masks because of the smoke got so bad at one point. But that actually makes sense, though, because smoke particles are big enough that a mask is actually going to help you. So I understand that. What I don't understand is wearing a mask that a virus can pass through like a mosquito through a garage door. That makes no sense. I know. This is stupid. Yeah. And people are still wearing the mask driving. I was laughing silly the other day. <laughs> Did this you ever play every... driving? This, I think I told you about it. This lady no, driving ahead. this motor, uh, bicycle with a right. sticky mask, and she was overweight, and you could see that she could barely breathe. Oh, I, just, I don't know. They're mentally ill, I think. Well, if you want to have it's some fun, you know, when you see somebody in, in, the, in the car beside you with their windows up and a mask on, just point at them and laugh. And you don't even have to laugh loudly. Just, just do it like, you know, fake laughing. Just point at them and go, ah, yeah. you know, and they get real intimidated. And, and, they get, real, and, and they get well, angry, too. It's funny. When I look funny. at them, uh-huh. I'm like, do you have an invisible person next to you? Are you wearing a mask <laughs> in the car? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of sad. But I'm asking this morning uh, for all my friends, amigos, and everywhere uh, to keep me and my family in prayer. I got a phone call uh, a couple days ago. My niece in Miami, uh, she never woke up. She said 35 years old. Uh, I'm pretty sure she was fully vaccinated. They're doing an autopsy. 
so I'll keep you up to date on that. Whatever they That's tell such us. That's criminal. 35? 35 is nothing. Never, That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. They think she had a heart attack and she's gone. Yeah. Well, they it's don't. Very they're sad. Not, I just saw a report of somebody. They're not. They're not telling. You know, there was the people in the news now that are coming out and saying, "I think I was vaccine injured. I think I have nerve damage. I think I have this and that." And and or I was in the hospital and the emergency docs. They won't say this could be from the COVID shot. They they just don't even say that oh, at no. all. So she was probably never told. She was probably never advised. Uh, and she may not have believed it anyway. I, mean, I don't know. But uh, but they're they're not talking. They're still criminally withholding they don't information want you to from know people. That the vaccine is the cause. No. Yeah, but we all know. Because when, because How do when we the all secretary know? from my, yeah, the secretary from my church, uh, mm-hmm. she collapses a stroke, and then the following day was rushed, and then the second day in the hospital, the second hospital, uh, she had a heart attack. But before the heart attack, um, one of the nurses, hey, let me ask you a question. And the nurse says, yes, ma'am. And she said, do you think I'm here because of the vaccine? And she said, I don't know. And she just walked right out the door. Mm-hmm. I was told to this person because her one of her best friends was in the room with her. And that's what she was telling us. They don't want to talk about it. Um, well, maybe but, they're ordered not to. Did, do you think that the administrators, you know, hauled them all oh, yeah. in one of those secret meetings in the basement and they said, if you want to keep your job, you will not talk about the vaccine. You will not discuss with patients. You will not disclose. You know, you will not ask if anybody yeah. had one. You know, it's like like Stephen Schultz. I know nothing. You know, remember the old Hogan's Hero show, yeah. you know, and, yeah. um, you know, it's like they don't want to know. There's, you can't know. You I can't talk about this. Show, you can't know. Way. Well, you actually know. Well, let me tell. We should talk about this because we've got Marco in the Netherlands. This was actually a really interesting show. Yeah. So, 1960s, 20 years after World War II ends, right? We've got this this comedy set in a German prisoner of war camp. Okay, so what are the chances that would be funny? All right, but what's really mm-hmm. interesting about it that I just learned because they did a special on it. There's like a write up somewhere on, on like this TV history thing. Um, the main characters, the German characters, were all Jewish. So Werner Klemperer. Mm-hmm who is the, I think, the son of Otto Klemper, who's like a famous conductor, or maybe they're brothers. Um, but uh, oh. I've got a great recording of, uh, I used to have a, a record of Otto Klemper's Beethoven's Fifth. A man was a genius. Great conductor. Um, but but um, what's his name? Werner Klemper uh, was Jewish. He said, look, you know, so we're, the only way this show is, I'm going to do this is if the Nazis always lose. Same thing with the guy that played Burkhalter mm. and Hochstetter. They're Jewish. All right. So how, so yeah. so people don't know that the, the 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 people that played the Nazis were Jewish. Now why would they do that? Well, to make fun of the Nazis, to to demonize, to uh, to to look, make them look stupid and incompetent. I find that fascinating. I think Lebeau, mm-hmm. the the character, the the French character, was also Jewish. Um, so this was a very this was not something that was against Jews or was against you know that that, that was the, doing something really kind of. Um, politically horrible or, or uh, insulting. This is actually done very mm-hmm. seriously. But I find that see, mm-hmm. and, and they don't disclose that. Most people don't know that. I didn't know myself until I read read the bio of Hogan's Heroes. But that was quite a revolutionary show for reasons that people don't even know. Anyway, back to you. Yeah. Yeah. So my niece uh, did. Um, now this is the. Uh, let me see. My head. Four people dying from the vaccine in my family and one young one with a stroke. She's going through physical therapy for the last six months already. Um, But I hear it all the time. And 
sadly, I was talking to an RN, a nurse, yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was very sad sharing with me, but she really opened up to me yesterday. And uh, she was saying how many people died during COVID with no one around, she was telling me. Only they had three nurses in in her unit, in her section. And she wanted to step in and help since she's on our end. And he said, no, 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 no. She goes, you cannot, you cannot go in there. Don't even go there because you're not a COVID nurse. Because, see, the COVID nurses were in it uh, than some of the regular nurses, she was telling me. And she said she looked through the glass at her unit and watching people die and no one around to help them, she says. She's almost in tears uh, sharing with me yesterday, but didn't allow her at all to go and help. She said her heart was just sadness because she says her dream as a little girl, uh, she said it was to be a nurse, to be a helper, to be there to rescue lives, to be side by side with a doctor or the Mm -hmm. emergency team when they call red. Uh, So she says, I really didn't want to leave the hospital, and they did uh, exempt uh, for any type of vaccines, uh, and they approved it. Uh, she said, I don't know. They approved it to me and many of the other ones, because she's a black young woman. Uh, she said, I don't know, but some of my friends, they didn't approve their uh, exempt, but they did approve it to me, and I said, you're lucky you're alive, I told her. Yeah. And uh, so she was, she was very sad sharing with me. And she stick around till about uh, a couple weeks ago, and she said, I no longer want to be part of this hospital. And uh, she applied hmm. in another hospital, of course, and I told her, I said, look, all the hospitals in our area are criminals. I hope they're all going to go down once Donald Trump comes down, all the CEOs, because a lot of the CEOs have stepped down in all our hospitals in town. Uh, and if Where'd you know, they go? If you go to a... They have somebody on, on on some cases they have somebody in front of them and they're like behind the scene, yeah. And uh, and if you notice, some of the doctors uh, they have physician assistants. So when you go to the doctor right now, uh, the physician assistant will see you, not the real doctor. Well, they are doctor, but not all the way there yet. And I think. I think the purpose of all this agenda in the hospital is because when the when the doodle hits hits the whole thing coming up soon, yep. they're not going to be arresting the real doctor. They you know, and they cannot arrest the physicians because they're just assisting. So I don't know what the game is, but I I know how many uh, new and certain hospitals because they come in and I do all the lab cuts. I know how many are coming from other countries. To replace our good doctors in town, and yeah, they do that they for for, for visa. They 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 hold the visa over their head. Say, so do what we tell you, mm-hmm. or we're going to get rid of you. Well, there's new studies out coming now. Did you hear about this one where the uh, uh, the biggest cause of death in the hospitals was bacterial pneumonia from ventilators? And I never trusted yeah, those ventilators. ventilators. I was on a ventilator yeah. after heart surgery, I, and uh, fortunately they did it, you know, right by me. But I was literally dead for four hours on the operating table. No heart, no no yeah. blood, no nothing. They had me on a machine, so I know that it works. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't have been brought back. But they, you know, put me under, brought me back, fixed my heart, and here we are. Um, so I know they can do it properly. But why? Yeah. How did all these people get these pneumonia cases? 
uh, for COVID, and yet I was on a ventilator for four hours. Had to be. Probably and when I when I woke up, they wanted to leave the. I don't know. They wanted to leave the. They want to leave the mm-hmm. tubes down my throat, and I'm like, I'm like groggy, and I'm half awake. I'm like, get these things out of here! So I start grabbing and trying to yank them out. That's that's a, that's how I woke up. She woke up from heart surgery, tubes down my throat. Shit! This, like, I'm awake. Uh, this nurse was sh- yeah. Greg, this nurse was sharing with me that they didn't have enough ventilators. She says uh, to put people, and she didn't know. She she thought at the time that the ventilators were going to help people, but she said most of the people that got hooked were dead. Uh, right. And like she was saying, they had three COVID uh, nurses in the unit. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, one of the COVID units at this particular hospital, she came in. We were holding hand in my store and praying, and she was sharing a lot of stuff with me and my husband uh, and praying. And she quit uh, because she was witnessing a lot of death. And uh, instead of giving him uh, ivermectin or high doses yeah, of vitamin say, D, uh, did you ask? Did you ask them why they didn't give uh, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, 3C, and uh, zinc? And what did they say? Of course I did. And they, they said, said because, of, because of protocol, they had to give them what they had to give them, that they couldn't give them that. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. But, but proto- well, let me and ask it, you a question on this, because protocols are, are, I don't know, are they mandated? I mean, doctors, they're, they're still free to prescribe medicine. I know they, they had problems I know, with the but licensing they were boards. The CDC, all the hospitals, because they got billions of dollars ahead of time, all the hospitals. So they didn't have to. Of course they didn't have to follow the protocol. They, they, were they did. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is, so this is what my, uh, Brianna was talking about, well, money. Yeah. Yeah, money. One of my friends, uh, the, she has a big position in one of the local hospitals here. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even talk to me anymore and her husband. And her husband had a heart attack and then open heart surgery from the vaccine. Because, wow. you know, um, we were celebrating my birth, my husband's birthday last year. And he mm-hmm. came to the birthday party and all that. And we did it at a restaurant. We had a lot of people. And, uh, and uh, my girlfriend asked him, hey, so-and-so, did you get vaccinated? And he goes, yes, but don't tell Josie. And the <laughs> very next day, yes, and the very next day, this guy uh-huh. collapsed with a heart attack. And he was rushed to the hospital, and he ended up having open heart surgery. And his wife, she is a true believer, 100% for any vaccine, especially the COVID vaccine. And she vaccinated her two young, well, they're not young, young, but her two, uh, I think one is 27 or 28 or something like that. But they could have also refused at that age. Have, they could have made their own decisions. No, but she, she, she makes decisions for the family. So her house already collapsed, and uh, I have sent him videos and all that, and he never said anything at all. Uh, but she still doesn't really talk to us because of this vaccine thing. And she has a good position in this hospital that I don't like. And, uh, and this hospital, uh, like I said, this nurse that she about to start at this hospital, she goes, I hope this hospital is better than the other one. And I said, no, they're not. I told her they're all in the same boat. It's all about the money. And it's sad how Americans get bought so easily, you know, with, because of the money, look, a lot of oh, the they with China too. You know, look at all the politicians bought by China. Well, there's two they big hospitals the, in town. The, let's let's yeah, let's let's name a couple of names here. We've got they, Ascension, Sacred Heart, and we've got Baptist Hospital. Those are the two big ones around here, right? West Florida, 
West Florida Sacred Heart and all that. Well, to okay. me, Sacred Heart is the killer, so the killer soul. And then I had a nurse. She's in my church. And uh, I said, uh, did you leave Sacred Heart? She said, heck no. She says, I left West Florida. She goes, there are killers. And she's an RN in the COVID unit. Um, hmm. I said, what? No, I said, I heard that it's the opposite, the other hospital. So who knows? Uh, but she's on our end. She knows exactly, but she was in the COVID unit. She's one of our friends. Uh, so what does and, a COVID uh, nurse have to I, go through? What kind of, do they have separate training? Do, I mean, what makes a COVID nurse over yeah. a nurse? They're all in it. Uh, oh. Telling them about, you know, that's why this nurse was telling me. They didn't allow her. And she has, she's on our end, uh, MSBSN or something like that. And she, mm-hmm. she has a lot of good degrees, but they didn't allow her because she was not a COVID nurse, she said. They didn't allow her to go rescue people. And she could see people dying from the window, she said, because there was not enough help. She goes, there, it was impossible that three nurses in my unit were able to care for all those people dying. And she said, my heart just broke, but I stick around because of my job. But she just quit, and uh, she started in this other hospital. And yeah. uh, she said, I'm going to keep my eyes open. And uh, I said, I'll be praying for you. And uh, if you see things that doesn't go wrong, you should report it. I said, because that's your duty as a nurse. I said, and a lot of nurses, I hope they're going to be arrested. Uh, but she was a sweet girl, and we're in touch. I got her phone number and all that. Um, mm-hmm. so well, I'd love to have her on the show. And, and yeah, My first question would yeah, be, A lot of people are know, afraid. Which I know that. But my first question would be, you know, at what point did you notice that people were dying and those protocols weren't working? And what did you do about it? You know, know. this is this is the problem. So they know. So this is the thing. They know know. the protocols aren't working within what, two weeks? I mean, how many how many people have to die before you realize that putting people on remdesivir and ventilators is the remdesivir ventilator death march? How much time does it take to, to hear about? People who got, well, say, when we had Judy Mikevitz on last time, or maybe the time before I talked about this, I said, look, it's easy to prove uh-huh. that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine work because those people are still here. They're still walking around. Yeah. You know, the way to prove that mm-hmm. remdesivir ventilators don't work is those people are dead. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. easily provable. So people say, oh, you can't prove that yeah. that works. Yeah, I can. Yeah, there's hundreds of thousands yeah. of people all across the country that are doing just fine because they got the right treatment. Mm-hmm. True. So somewhere along True. the way, it, you know, and someone's got to start it, talking. Go ahead. And, and, you know, in Cuba, I think I share with you, uh, there's a lot of suffering, a lot of strokes, um, a lot of uh, miscarriage. Uh, right now, one mm-hmm. of the young girls that I personally helped with money in her family, uh, her mom makes $10 a month, different buildings and churches. Right. Uh, she's pregnant and she's really having a hard time. So I she said had a little bit about it. Yeah. Of course. They didn't have any choice. All of them. All well, the of whole, them. The whole Cuban population? Because Cuba listens to us. Yeah. You know, we, we've got a couple of, oh, yeah. I wish I knew who they were. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to get them killed though. <laughs> I'm serious about that. They didn't um, have any choice. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. And, so go ahead. For, for a communist country like Cuba and the communist countries that you know about and you visited, why their whole thing is they have no money because their economy sucks because they're communists. So for a government to maintain power, they've got to have people, they've got to get the work done. They pay them nothing. Uh, if they have national health care, but anytime you have a communist country with a bunch of COVID shots, you're going to have a huge burden on your health care system because the people with COVID shots are, are injured or dying. 
or dead. Yeah. So why would that be an advantage yeah. to a communist country to to bring on a jab, knowing that it's going to vastly increase their health costs, which and it, which they don't have the money for, uh, and it's going to bring about a whole bunch of death, which they can't afford because they need people working for almost nothing to keep whatever society they have going. It makes no sense for a communist country. I'm talking to you, Cuba. Well, Cuba. To, for, well, it makes no sense to do that. I know, but but if you look at it this way, Greg. Um, it's the same thing here. They want to murder so many Americans uh, uh-huh. in Cuba, the same. So the agenda of this Illuminati, uh, Mason, uh, criminals, Bill Gates, Obama, Fauci, Biden, Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all these money <laughs> billionaires, uh, the Rothschild, they're all in England, the United Nations, the Pope, they're all in it in this that they want to wipe out half of the world, and probably what they have in mind is to take over Cuba, like China. uh, They've already taken over Cuba. uh, Cuba's a communist dictatorship. Why would you wipe out the communists? If if your goal is worldwide communist revolution and a world government controlling the subservient, why, why would you wipe out the people that are already conquered? You have to conquer them again. I don't know. So that doesn't make sense I don't know. Well, that's what I'm asking the question. I mean, there's no answer. There's no answer to this yet, yeah. but let's, 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 let's uh, see if we can wrestle with this for a bit. Why would a communist country, I'll ask Marco and Pianchi and all the folks that were Pianchi's on the line, sure. but uh, we got two people. We've got uh, BC Freedom. We've got uh, Marco. You know, why would a communist country where the people are already completely oppressed mandate a COVID jab knowing that it's going to kill a bunch of their people and increase their costs? That doesn't make sense. I, Looking at it from a dictatorship Cuba? point of view. Right. My opinion about Cuba, uh, uh-huh. I'm not sure what's the real true agenda because uh, in Costa Rica, my nephew was forced to get vaccinated and I begged him not to. And he got the vaccine because he didn't want to lose his job in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. So in Cuba, people don't have nothing. They really don't have jobs. I mean, they oh, I've been do there. work for the government. Yeah, but, I've been there. It's a beautiful uh, country. Yeah, I've been there. Costa Rica? Uh-huh. Yeah. Costa Rica is beautiful, yeah. It is. It's so gorgeous. The, the, the agenda is just to kill half of the world. Not, not everybody's going to die because I don't think all the vaccines have the killer poison in it because they don't want everybody dead, I don't think. Uh, well, like there are clusters. Remember you told me yeah, about this like before, I, there's clusters, certain batches mm-hmm. that, are, that are much more mm-hmm. deadly? Yeah. That's why they have special numbers. And and they send the most deadly vaccines here to Florida and Texas, I heard. Well, yeah, because that's who the Republicans are. But here's all right. Yeah. So here's another irony for you. Here's another question: the uh, the people that are most likely to resist the COVID jab are independents and Republicans and MAGA yeah. first, America first people like us. So they're yeah. killing off the liberals. Yeah. You look at the entertainers who are having problems: Paul Simon, Jimmy Buffett, uh, who else is uh, Celine Dion, uh, Justin. Jamie, Jamie Fox. Fox, Justin Bieber, um, all these people are Celine having, they're all liberals. Dion, she's not doing well. Celine no, they're Dion, all liberals. Not doing well at all. Yeah, Celine's doing yeah. terribly, Celine Dion. But they're all liberals. So, so why yeah. would, if you wanted to, to have a dictatorship, you want the people that are already government compliant. In other words, those who are likely to believe the government, you know, at all, at all costs, and take something whether the, mm-hmm. the, and, and just believe that it's safe and effective, which of course it's not. But what they're doing is they're killing off their own supporters and us independents are like, no, we didn't take it. We're doing fine. Thank you. 
I don't think I don't think at this point they don't care who they kill. Famous, no famous. Uh-huh. They're on these people are pure evil, demonic. That's what we have in our country, in our world, literally. Uh, yeah, but they're killing off their yeah. supporters. I'm, this is the part that doesn't make sense. They're killing off their supporters. Yeah. That just seems yeah. weird yeah. to me. It, it's stupid, but hey, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. I cannot read their mind, but uh, it's just yeah. it's just insane. Yes, yes. Well, it proves that but, they haven't um, really thought this through because they should have known that the people most likely to resist are those that are the independent, you know, freedom fighters in this mm-hmm. country. Who's most, you know, you look at the, yeah. I, I bet you, I, I can name, I'll tell you right now. So MAGA folks, independents, uh, militia members, uh, churchgoers, except your church, um, you know, but independent churches, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people that, uh, independent political people, writers, uh, conservative actors, mm-hmm. these are the people most likely not to take this. Uh, entrepreneurs, you know, folks that are self-reliant, survivalists, these are the yeah. people that are not taking the jab. These are all the people that oppose the world oh, government. Yeah. So yeah. all the people least likely to get the jab are the ones that the world government has the most problem with and wants to kill off. And yet we're the ones that are proportionally growing because they're killing off all their supporters. Yeah. So are they stupid? I don't, I, I don't understand that, I, that, that I, mentality. Why do you want to kill your own? But I don't know. It's just, but that's what uh, they're doing. It's just yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then they got the illegals that come. How many illegals have died of COVID shots? I bet you none. Not that many, I don't think. I don't know well, any, uh, who, any of the illegals that are dying. Well, mm. well let's see. What, who so, knows? So if you're checking the news sources, let's get back to our, our, our Latina report for a second, Central and South America. So how many of the folks that are coming in uh, were forced to get a jab in their country? Or are these people that they're just criminals or deadbeats and they just don't want them? How many illegal aliens have had COVID jabs? Uh, I know I know that they were vaccinating the little kids without uh, parents' permission uh, because only no one family with that uh, 12, well, now he's, right. he's 14. Uh, he was fully vaccinated without the parents' knowledge about it because they sent the little boy along with a coyote. And yesterday, a Nicaraguan young man came with this American uh, retired teacher that she's helping him fully with his political asylum. And mm-hmm. he's fully vaccinated, this young man, uh, because a lot of a lot of people from Nicaragua, they were traveling as far as uh, uh, I think Honduras or El Salvador to get the Pfizer vaccine. They all wanted it so bad, and they were traveling by buses, by other people giving them a ride to go across a couple of the countries to to get the vaccine because they were in so much fear. A lot of people. And I tried to reach in some of my family members in Nicaragua, and my sister, my older sister, she didn't want to listen. They uh, they got the shot, the Pfizer, I believe. And so all my sisters are vaccinated, all of them. It's uh, it breaks my heart. And uh, yeah, yeah. my 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 one of my sisters been having a hard time, and my other sister, her body was getting paralyzed when she got the vaccine and all that, but she's better now. But she didn't get the second shot. She was very afraid after that. I said, you don't hmm. listen to me, do you? But, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, yeah. And one of my young nieces, I shared with you in the radio before, because she hated right. Trump. She didn't take the meds that I left to my sister to do 
uh, hydroxychloroquine, acetromycin, the, the vitamin C, D, and zinc. Right. And she mm-hmm. said, no way I'm going to take that such, such and such as uh, from Trump. And a couple of days later, she was in the ICU. And she's lucky that they didn't hook her into the uh, uh, ventilator. But they did give her rendezvous for I don't know how many days. And uh, they tried the lungs. So yep. Her lungs are not the same of my knees at all. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. But uh, this is... Uh, Hey, Greg, you were saying uh, about Cuba, uh, China, uh, China is in Cuba now uh, uh, together with, you know, the country uh, putting the uh, camera surveillance. Oh, yeah, the surveillance. Yeah, that's been around since, what, 2019, I heard. uh, To spy on America. Uh Mm -hmm. Well, I'm surprised Trump didn't take care of that before he left, uh, unless they kept the information from him, which is very possible. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, today is uh, the trial uh, in Miami, and I got a lot of messages, a lot of phone calls yesterday. So many people were calling, are you going to be in Miami tomorrow? I said, for what? He's going to be fine. Yeah. The only thing the only thing is we have to pray. Uh, this is all a stage, uh, and this is what we know, our uh, uh, Q people. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a stage. We knew about this arrest about maybe four or five years ago. Then in the Q-drop said, you will be in shock to see the first indictment in arrest. Okay? But what the Democrats want to do is they want to arrest Donald Trump and put him in jail to murder him. That's what they want to do. They don't want no trial. They don't want no justice. They don't want anything. They want to murder him because they cannot get a hold of him alone because the top secret and the intelligent military are super protecting Donald Trump like no other president ever in U.S. history. They have attempted 30 times to murder him. The other half of the government is trying to kill him. (laughs) So, you know, you've got part of the government protecting him. Yeah. uh, And you've got the other part of the government trying to kill him, uh, just like they killed Kennedy. So this is very interesting. the, the char- as I was talking to Brianna about this, the, the, the charges are completely bogus, but it doesn't matter. They don't it care if he's found Everybody guilty. Knows. They just want to keep him in court. They want to keep him away from the campaign. He's campaigning anyway. Exactly. The big story on, on the leftist news was yep. that despite Trump's multiple indictments on classified document fraud and uh, endangering yeah, right. our national security, he's out campaigning. Well, and they're saying that the, what they're saying is the accusations are convictions. It's, no, you idiots. I, I can uh-huh. make an accusation. I was telling Brianna the story about the uh, Nancy Pelosi and the fuzzy blue teddy bears. I said, I can accuse Nancy Pelosi oh, of sleeping with fuzzy blue teddy bears. Doesn't mean doesn't mean it's real, but you can't think about anything else, right? So, so now you've got this horrible oh, image in your head of Nancy Pelosi surrounded by fuzzy blue teddy bears. Why? Because it's the power of suggestion. So just because I made an accusation, yeah. you know, doesn't mean it's, it's, uh, it's true. But yet people think that the accusation itself is a conviction. If Trump, it's the assumption that, well, they wouldn't accuse him if he wasn't guilty. Now, of course, that's BS. Of course, they would accuse him. It's all they a lie. They don't care. Yeah, it's, it's all a lie. But it's, it's distracting. It takes time yeah. away from yeah. the campaign. But I think Trump doesn't bad. care. But here's the, here's the, well, let me ask you the crazy part. So the crazy part is every time they do this, his poll numbers go up. So do you think it's he'll get done. the message at some point? Or do you think they're going to keep doing it? Just remember, Trump is an actor. And he's a good one, okay? Yeah. And yeah. Trump is working with the intelligent military. It's, this is all well organized, all a plan. I do not think, and we, our group, think the intelligent military will not 
allow him to be in jail alone with them because they know they will kill him. Period. Oh yeah, he'll, he'll so, get the Epstein treatment. I, yeah, we know what's going to happen. Well, why would you? You can't do that to former president anyway. You know, I mean, the, the, to to put a former president in jail, you've got to have such a huge amount of evidence. You know, because oh, and then people, he, you know, and, these people and, are losers. Yeah, and we all. Well, yeah, know. and he did. Uh, but if they, they, you know, it's going to be fascinating uh, to see how this works. We, we've got to debate on live chat. Socialism can work. Yeah, if somebody else is paying for it. <laughs> the country's on welfare uh, yeah. and foreign aid. Sure, they can. All right, so let's let's get. Um, there's something else I was going to ask you about. Um, yeah, it was, it was going. On. Oh, QAnon. So, 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 where where can I get Q drops? In fact, I'd love to have a Q report. Of, of what the what you know uh, remember no. Karen, Karen used to I'll do that she did our Q report we were the only station in town that had a Q yeah. Q and oh, report yeah, Karen. yeah too bad she gave up kind of early because it's it's going to be a glorious time well she's missing and all I'm the not fun talking about the type of glorious like when Jesus comes yeah no I this is going to be one of one of the best uh, time to be alive to mm-hmm. see this whole thing coming. And one of my old, old 93-year-old uh, friend of ours, every time I talk to her every two weeks, she goes, I want to be alive. I don't want to die. I want to see this happening. I say, you will. You will. Hmm. Uh, well, let me I tell know. you some news. Let me give you some news. First of all, like I say, we're not going to mention Karen's last name just because. But uh, I want to yeah. get, get a cure report. Um, because I think it'd be fascinating, fun. I love stuff like that, and we can dispute it, we can talk about it, we can agree with it. Uh, we're, we're, you know, free-thinking adults here, so we're not going to. All those, cons- all those folks mm-hmm. that say, "Well, that's a conspiracy." Well, everything's a conspiracy if two or more people do it. So, so stop using the word conspiracy yeah. in vain. All right. So here's here's what happened lately. I, I don't. Did I say about the Friday show? Some amazing things happened no. on Friday, and I also went to Matt Gates' rally. That's pretty amazing. Oh, you caught up here. Oh yeah. So, happy to go. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you that. Let me give you the whole story on Friday because it's, 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 it's wild. So, in fact, you'll be able to, to help me uh, participate a little bit. Um, so what happened Friday was I had Tony Lyons, who is the publisher of Skyhorse Publishing. He hates censorship. He publishes all the great controversial books. Uh, we talked about my book. So he may actually help my book get back on the market in a big way. Okay. That would be huge. That's Good. the first thing. The second thing was he talked about uh, the people that, uh, that he published books for, Woody Allen, Alan Dershowitz, and a couple of other folks. And I said, well, mm-hmm. actually, Woody, I'd love to get Woody Allen on the show. That'd be a blast. Uh, apparently, that a lot of this is all cut by his family, false accusations, the whole bit, just like Trump. So we know how that goes. But Dershowitz. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, I said, one of my dreams has always been to talk to Alan Dershowitz about constitutional law, about judicial review, mm-hmm. about Marbury versus Madison, about the made up powers of the court and how they completely you know, exceeded their authority. And most of what they do is unconstitutional. And he says, well, I think mm-hmm. I can help you with that. I'm like, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> so so that's, that's, a, that's my project. So I'm hoping to get uh, literally Alan Dershowitz on the show. And I'll have, you know, the show title will be, you know, Penglis v. Dershowitz. <laughs> You know, on the Constitution. <laughs> so that's that's, that's very possible wow. too. So the yeah, oh yeah. So things are like you wouldn't believe what's happening. All right. So the other news is I don't case. care for Woody Allen. Uh, he's I didn't a think you were. Well, that's the, that's the thing. Maybe, so maybe you can ask him about Epstein Island. He might be able to share with you because he was part of it. Yeah. Who was Woody Allen? Well, yeah. I don't. I don't. Know, I, I, I'd like. I'd have him on. Not so much for that stuff. Um, and I don't like. Yeah. I want to find out how his brain works. How he came up with movies like Sleeper and some of the future predictions, and some of the stuff yeah. because he was right on for for politics. Mm-hmm. Later in life, yeah, I always I knew something was wrong when he had Mariel Hemingway when she was like seventeen or eighteen. Mm-hmm. 
you know, on that film Manhattan, which is a great film. Meryl Hemingway now is, mm-hmm. like, you know, 40, something, 50 years old, but she's just an incredible uh, uh, actor anyway. But uh, that was, that was a, you know, I, thought, I said, Woody Allen, why do you, you have like a 17-year-old kid in your movie, you know, uh, as your girlfriend? <laughs> That's, you know, first of all, it's illegal. So, or maybe she was 18 at the time, but whatever it was, I knew something was not right. And then we heard the other stories. But Dershowitz would be mm-hmm. fascinating to get on the show. Okay, so, so let me tell you about Matt Gates. So I went to the Matt Gates rally, and this was in Jay, Florida. It's on my Facebook page. It's all on videotape. Yeah. Uh, I sent it out to the group so anybody can see it. Uh, and I'm, I'm about 26 minutes in. So what happened was Matt made his presentation, which is very good. And then he asked for questions. So, of course, I immediately you know, raised my hand, said, hey, Matt, stood up and, and walked out there onto the, the, the stage thing that they had. It was out in front of Scott's Outdoors, big gun shop, hunting shop, clothing shop, things like that. So the Scott family owns the town of Jay, Florida. There's like three businesses that I saw that all had Scott's you know, Outdoors, Scott's Furniture, and Scott's something else, <laughs> whatever it was. So it's like a one-family town. Anyway. Jay, Florida, agriculture, peanuts, cotton, that kind of stuff. And so after Matt's presentation, I walk up with my folder and four copies of our constitutional amendment. You know, the, the amendment that says the Congress can no longer borrow money. And so I, I told him, I gave him a copy. I said, can I read it? It's only four sentences. He says, yeah, sure, go ahead. So I read it out. And, and then uh, Matt, you know, makes fun of me in front of everybody. He says, well, you know, Greg has, has uh, never let realism get in the way of a good idea. And I'm like, ha ha, that's yeah. really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I thought, uh, I said, I said, hey, he says, and then Matt Gates says, I'll take a look at it. Let me, let me study it. And uh, so he took it. And then I sat down because, you know, that was my time and other people had questions. Where it gets really interesting yeah. is when I talked to him after. I talked to him after the, oh, uh, cool. uh, after the thing. And uh, it looks like I'm hoping he's going to start coming back on the show. That's, that's the best oh, thing that came great. out of it. And we talked about citizen legislation and how it really works and, and how it, you know, goes from the people. I can say what I said. I won't say what he said, but I'll say what I said. But because uh, that's, you know, fair game. And I've already talked about this stuff. The citizen legislation does not go from, you know, the typical lobbyist to Congress, you know, to uh, the regulatory agencies to regulate the people. Citizen legislation works the other way. It starts with the people, goes to media, pollsters. Uh, and when we have a consensus, then it goes to government. And then the government uses it to regulate the special interests. So it's the exact opposite of what's happening now. And I explained that all to Matt. And, uh, you know, we talked. And uh, like I say, I think uh, it's only a matter of time before he comes back on the show. And so if that happens, that's, that's huge for us. So I go to his office about once a month. You've got to come with me. We've got we to find a way to get you some time off so, so you and I can go out to Matt Gates' office and maybe meet him. Wouldn't that be fun? Where's he at? Here? Uh, Crestview. His brand new office in Crestview. It looks like uh, oh, okay. it's like a brick outside, but inside it's got a little rotunda. It looks like the Capitol building. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we got to go visit uh, Gates' office. And like I said, I've been out there twice. I want to try and go out there once a month just to keep up with the staff, just to let them know what's going on. But if Matt comes did on the show every week. Why he hasn't been, did you ask him why he hasn't been back? He, he became too big now. He doesn't want to know about us. <laughs> I, I have not asked him, and I probably wouldn't I'll ask that on kidding. the air. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I nice. think we know why. Well, you know my joke. You know the ones I yeah. tell at all the medical freedom rallies? I say it's the hair gel. Yeah. When he st- when, as soon as he started wearing hair gel, <laughs> you know, as soon as he, he, he stopped appearing, uh, when he had his regular hair, he was on the WBY with me. But, uh, you know, once I was uh, ceremoniously uh-huh. or unceremoniously kicked off the station, um, and then, uh, and then he, he got famous. So, so he got famous and I got fired. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. About yeah. the same time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, famous. Hey, you can't win them yes, all. But, uh, th- that's going to happen. All the time. Yeah. yeah. I'll be famous, you know, well, I'll be famous probably. This, this is where it's going to get really interesting. So my goal is I still to. Watched the, 
Uh-huh. I haven't watched the video that you placed on him. I'll check it out. But um, yes. did anybody ask why are they not helping uh, the J6 people get out of uh, the jail? Sure did. Yeah, they asked. Absolutely, oh, asked cool. it. Yeah, that's one of the questions on. The, so you can. So it, it's a little hard to hear the questions because Matt had the only microphone. So you got to listen carefully. Same thing with me when I read the, oh. uh, uh, the bill. But uh, the questions were very good. He took oh, cool. uh, like half an hour. No, it was about. I mean, he, he spoke for twenty five minutes. I think he took another, like another twenty five minutes of questions. And so he was really good about that. And he even said uh, he disagreed with you know one one question in particular. Um, and, and so he's really honest about that. So Maggot's a great congressman. That's how I want him back on mm-hmm. the show because he is the one most likely. He already presented one of our bills to Congress. Uh, he didn't submit it. Mm-hmm. He certainly talked to the House Freedom Caucus. Remember our bill, yeah. the citizenship uh, question, you know, whether to ask uh, yeah. citizenship on the census. You know, that was our first bill we wrote on the air uh, and then got it to uh, writeyourlives.com, our website. And then so we wrote it on Thursday, uh, July 5th of 2018. And uh, July 7th, was, it was on our website. July 8th, it went mm-hmm. to, well, I think July 7th, it went to, to Matt Gates. July 10th, he comes back on the show uh, and reports yeah. favorably. This is a great idea. He loves it. And that uh, this is a good way to get uh, legislation uh, to members of Congress, you know, directly from a radio show. And yeah. then July 13th, Friday the, Friday the 13th of July, I was fired. Friday <laughs> so that's the 13th. How it went. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So after my show, you know, oh, uh, the boss comes good. in and says, uh, you're done. I was like, What? Okay, fine. Oh you know, no! It, it was so well. I just, well, it, it wasn't Mike's fault, and so uh, you know, Mike he was under yeah, orders I from know. the the people at the station. Anyway, but uh, but the but the fascinating thing about it was that we just made broadcast history. We had literally yeah written a bill on the air that had never been done. You know, put it on a, a legislative website connected to a radio show that had never been done. Got it to a sitting member of Congress who reported favorably on a bill written on the air mm-hmm. on a radio show, and that had never been mm-hmm. done. So we had like three, you know, three broadcast events or three historic events all in the space of five days, and no congressperson has ever reported favorably on a bill that they got you know that quickly back to the back to the source. In other words, us. So so from the time it was written on the air to the time we got to Matt Gates' approval was five days. That's unbelievably mm-hmm. fast. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of yeah. course, you know, I, yeah. I, and, then, and then three days later, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm out of a job. And it's like, why? And then I was we we, just, we sta- just made and history. Then I was calling yeah. the station and asking what happened to Grant. Nobody wanted to tell me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I couldn't tell you because I don't know if we, we yeah. had contact him at that point. So but anyway, so let's fast forward to today. So so now we're, you know, five years later. OK, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. broadcasting uh, worldwide. You know, we got to folks listening all over the place. We've got a ton of legislation already on, on our books uh, at writeyourlaws.com. And if we can get Matt mm-hmm. back now, and of course, now the Republicans, so it didn't matter before because the Republicans didn't have the House. There's no, you couldn't introduce legislation. So there really wasn't oh, a, a no. whole lot of point to being as in, you know, in contact as I wanted to be simply because, yeah, it'd be nice for the information, but he couldn't do anything. See, now he's in a position mm-hmm. to do something. So let's see if he will. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody else is going well, to. He... So, well, it's like Ron DeSantis, who is being paid for by Republican donors. So he's limited in what he can do. He's being such an idiot. Yeah. Never should have run for president. No, but it, you'll see it later. All these, all these people, they're just there for a show. They're not really running. You'll see. Yeah. So uh, this is, they... that's a good question. So why are they doing it? Why are they just there? 
What, why and why run? An agenda, and I, I don't know. I, I don't have a hundred percent information, but it's part of the uh, it's part of the agenda right now. They're all working together, and it's supposed so, to be like this. I guess they're do they're doing what the Democrats are doing to distract, to see who's faithful to Trump. Uh, so I, I I don't know. I don't have a hundred percent answer, but the, this is all well organized to be happen the way it is. Yeah, Ron DeSantis doesn't want to run for president. Nah. If you notice some of one of his commercial, he's not bashing Donald Trump at all. You know, like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the commercials that you hear from the opponent, they always talk bad about the next one, you know, they, they're running against. And you don't hear that about Ron DeSantis. So it's all well organized. Uh, for them to be running for president, all of them, including hmm. uh, Kennedy, Robert Kennedy. Well, what do you think about him? Yeah. I'm curious because we're trying to uh, – because our, our mutual yeah, friend, I, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits, is well-connected with him, and uh, we're trying to uh, yeah. get uh, I, get Robert Kennedy I, our, our vaccine legislation. I think he's connected with Trump and with JFK Jr., which a lot of people don't believe that he's alive, but we do yeah, believe I'm not that convinced. he's alive. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. So well, let's talk about the QAnon reports. I want, I want to know what you know. I want to, I want to talk to the people that, uh, you know, I want to, you know, so is there a website for QAnon? Where, where are the QAnon drops? Where can people find them? Yeah, I'll, I'll text you exactly how to get it. And uh, also, oh, is it a secret? The, uh, tw- oh, that's no fun. No, no, no. It's not a secret. QAnon, I don't know how my husband puts it in the computer. Uh, when he finds it, he goes right into it. Uh, I'll text it to you. It's not a oh, secret. Oh, good. Okay. And, Appreciate um, it. And, um, and also uh, the, X, the 22X report, he gives all the information what's going on in the Ukraine. He knows so much, and you never get to see who he is. But the X day from the X report, that's all you know. And uh, he gives you a report, which is really, really good. And then he brings the Q drop, so and so and so and so. This happened five years ago, and look at the drop in 2018, 2017, and this is what we're going through now, step by step. And it's very good. I I think I have sent you uh, the X Report 22 in the past. He's one of the I best. Don't, I don't remember uh, it. Yeah, I'll have to take a look. Yeah, and I've got an yeah. article here, QAnon Explained Returns After 18 Months, and this is from 2022. So this is last year. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the, there there was one drop that came uh, about uh, what a couple a month ago. Whenever we were like, oh, we don't have to wait, you know, we wanted. To <laughs> but uh, also, also, Truth and Art TV. Uh, right. He's close friends with Dave, and he's our friend uh, Bernie from Truth and Art TV. But he doesn't tell us who he is. I'm like, I want to know. You know, so, no, I just yeah. want the information. I don't, I don't have to know who they are because if you I know, know who they I are, know. they won't be able to give us the information. Yeah, but I, I will. I'll text you exactly uh, step by step how to get through right there. Okay. And, I might do, the, uh, I might I do my would, own Q and R report then. That'd be fascinating. Maybe they'll call I, in. And, I, maybe they'll call in anonymously. What do you think? Can we can we get some actual Q people? Yeah. Get a disguised voice. Uh, no, no, this no, no, is Q yeah. from the deep recesses of the deep state, the inner sanctum, and now the action radio Q report. <laughs> dum, you got, you got dum, the voice. 
<laughs> I do have the voice. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, I'll, I'll have to do a theme. Believe... I'll get some really dark music. You know, like my brand, like my 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 Biden's dark winter music. Yeah, you know, listen to this real quick. This is kind of fun. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna play it real quick. Love so for it. those that don't know, I have a ton of I have a sound effects uh, and I have a a, a soundtrack uh, thing that allows me to uh, do things like like this. Joe Biden's dark winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. (laughs) And do something. (laughs) I had so (laughs) much fun. I had a great time making that one, yeah. But, you know, I made that before the election. I made that before 2020. That was made in October of Mm. 2020, about a month before the election. Mm. Because I couldn't mm-hmm. believe that we'd be, that it would be stupid enough for people. I, I, I think Brandon can't possibly win because Trump's way too popular. There's no way unless, unless they steal it. That was the only way. And I and remember we, even back in 2018, uh, well, you know, when I uh, started back on the on the air here at Blog Talk, I said, look, you've got you to mm-hmm. stop the steal. You've got to prevent it. You have to vote in such overwhelming numbers that they can't steal it. Because we all knew it was, you know, it was, it was possible. But we thought they'd be smart mm-hmm. enough not to let it happen. Well, apparently they weren't smart enough, and it did happen. So, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. The shaving, the shaving cream from Bianchi, I like too. I thought that was an hour. I haven't played that for a while. You have to listen to this. Well, let me play it again for you. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Bianchi's on the line, you know, but to, so it's just to, just to set this one up. This does take yeah, a little bit of an introduction. Yeah, Are you hiding Bianchi? No, he's fast? there. He's online. He's just he's just you know doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Marco in Netherlands says Brandon couldn't win in 2020, but somehow cough, cough, he pulled it off. Cough, cough. <laughs> yeah, he, he pulled it off because he cheated. Yeah, there's no way that. Well, if you ask people too. Yeah, and if you ask people, and I've done this too, I said, look, just, let's just look at this. Forget the evidence, even though it's overwhelming. I said, they said there's no evidence uh, uh, that Trump won the election. I said, well, there's no evidence that you look at that Trump won the election. That's that's what's really going on. So I said that to people. And the other thing yeah. I'll say. You know, is that I said, let's, let's use the, the, you know, the action radio logic and reason filter. Uh, is there any reason yeah. to believe that Brandon on his own from a basement with only eight people going to his rallies who were paid, you know, uh, that he was so unpopular uh, that everything he talked about doing was going to hurt the country and make our lives more miserable, more expensive. Does anybody honestly believe that somebody who campaigned from the basement in a, in a, in a reduced mental capacity state who promised to make all our lives much worse would be Donald Trump? That's impossible yeah. to believe. I don't care what the, the vote count is. To believe that somebody that really hates this country, that talked about everything that made it less, he was going to cut energy, he was going to make it more, things more expensive, he was going to raise taxes. He told us all the stuff he was going to do. And yeah. to think that people wanted that? No, the government wanted that. Because they wanted mm-hmm. the war in Ukraine, they wanted other stuff. All right, let me, so, so Pianchi's picture-perfect face-saving shaving cream. <laughs> that took a while to learn how to say um, this came about because Pianchi and I were talking about blackface um, in northern Virginia, uh, northern Northrop, North, whatever his name is. And uh, Justin Trudeau in Canada, you know, liberal white guys have this this peculiar uh, fetish and fascination with putting black on their faces. 
I don't know why, but they do. You, know, you don't see a lot of black people walking around in whiteface. So Pianchi, in his, his usual comic style, says, yeah. And he says, mm-hmm. uh, those guys are going in, in blackface. I said, but every morning I get to put on that white shaving cream and go in whiteface. Now, I'm on the floor. I'm laughing hysterically when I heard this, right? So then I came up uh, shortly thereafter with, uh, with a, a new product, which is this. It's morning, and you are a proud black man. You go to the mirror. You are reminded of Governor Northrop of Virginia and Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada, both of whom appeared in blackface. And there you are. You just put on your shaving cream. And what do you see? Whiteface. It's bad enough that leftist aspiring dictators are choosing to go in blackface. But you, proud black man, have no choice but to appear in whiteface every morning you shave. Now, direct from Pianchi Laboratories, comes a great new product made especially for you, proud black man. Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream. Yes, Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream will give you your black face back during your morning shave. For Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream is the first ever black shaving cream. Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream comes in three shades. Dark, darker, and darkest. So now, proud black man, you have a choice. You can stay in whiteface every morning, or you can join black men everywhere and choose Pianchi's Picture Perfect Face Saving Shaving Cream every morning. See the silly things we get up to here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Uh, I love it. <laughs> well, I, I, there's, there's some yeah. in the works. I, I'm working on a Hetero Pride Month and the Action Radio Diversity Workshop. Uh, mm-hmm. So those will be out mm-hmm. <laughs> once I've written them and, and then found the appropriate music and, uh, <laughs> you know, and I'm in a really silly mood and I decide to record them because you, you got to be in a mood to do this because your voice will show if you, if you don't have like a lot of energy and you, you listen to them and go, wait a minute, yeah. time, you know, then I'll have to record it again. You know, there's actually a lot to it. I, I, I went to school for this, you know, Ohlone College in Fremont, California, as I mentioned frequently, as, uh, as the people responsible mm-hmm. for teaching me uh, broadcast production. That's how I can do all this stuff. And run the show at the same, oh, yeah. you know, and do the show at the same time. Yeah. Anyway, so it's top of the hour. Thank Anything you the on your mind? Thank you. No, but I got to go, and I have to start getting ready, and I'll continue listening to you. Um, okay. So this is Chelsea uh, reporting from Milton, and this is one of the best uh, radio stations online. Action Yay. Radio. We do. We take action. Yeah, we and do. Don't forget Let's get to your donate, plug. even if it's ten dollars. $20 a month, you can help out so the radio continues uh, going. Uh, thank you for listening, and you can uh, come and visit me at Ruth Uniform Shops on Olive Road, Pensacola. God bless. God bless you, too. That's thank it. you very much. Yeah. Ciao. Okay. Take care. Let me see if we can get you a, a, a quick round of applause here. Okay. Where's my... Uh, here we go. I'm having a little fun with buttons today, right. can you tell? Okay, <laughs> Take care. Bye. All right, so thanks, Jesse. Great, great to report, uh, as always. Um, it's interesting the things we talk about. And Jesse and I don't always agree on everything. In fact, uh, in fact, there are times we, we, we always disagree on the same thing, which is going to be interesting. It's another reason I want the Q reports to sort of expand our horizons here a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to take a break, play some stuff for you, and when we come back, the, the show title, uh, which is The Conservative Gay Movement's Rejection of the Radical Left. There's something going on, and it's been going on for several years. I really haven't covered it, um, but there's a particular event coming up June 24th that I want to talk about. I'm trying to get Brandon Straka back on the show. Brandon was on before. 
um, talking about uh, J6 and, and being thrown in prison, being a political prisoner, uh, and his whole uh, and also the walkaway movement where he, uh, you know, basically a liberal Democrat. Um, and he said, no, I'm walking away from, from the, the Democrat Party. And, of course, ever since then, he's had all kinds of problems um, because the, the one thing the Democrats, uh, as much as they hate conservatives, what they really can't stand is a Democrat who becomes a conservative. And so that's kind of fascinating. All right, let me get uh, some things to play for you. It is 9.03. We've got less than an hour left this morning. This has been a great show, tons of fun. Uh, with Brianna and Josie and, and Pianchi calling in and uh, all our folks on live chat. We've got uh, BC 190s or BC 907, 1907, Freedom. There we go. I'm sorry, too many numbers. Pianchi's on uh, live chat as well as live. And Marco, uh, also Cyanide 77, also on live chat. Back in a little bit. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com. 
or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. Yeah, working on it. Okay, so I'm back now. We've got uh, Pianca in the line. We've got uh, uh, three folks on uh, live chat. And I'll check the Skype line later, see if anybody calls. Uh, and you usually have to call a day in advance if you want to talk to us uh, from anywhere in the world. And you can. We have a live Skype line, uh, online Skype line. We have live chat. That's it. That works anywhere in the world. Um, the call-in lines, you know, unless you're calling in from a block number like Warren seems to want to do, um, I'll, I'll screen the call, put you on the air. But chances are most people have called. Um, before, so I, I know who you are because I, I track that also. Um, and so that's how you get a hold of us. 215-383-3832 is the best way to, to get on the show uh, or live chat because, uh, you know, if you call in, you get a screen, you know, all that kind of stuff, but uh, uh, unless you've called. But first-time caller is a little tougher, uh, but live chat works well. Okay. Something's going on uh, out there. It's been going on for some time. Uh, I think conservatives, mega folks, America firsters, uh, Christians, uh, Orthodox Jews, Various other Hindus, you know, Muslims you know, tend to have a, a really horrible view of gay folks, gays, lesbians, bisexuals. And so it's interesting. My view is, I think, a little different probably because I spent 30 years in San Francisco. You know, I had, uh, you know, some, to say some of my best friends were gay it was true. My best friends were gay. Uh, and so and it, was, it was interesting that uh, as much as you hear about the leftist gay agenda, uh, I, had, I had a lot of conservative, well, a lot. But uh, I had conservative gay friends, and some of them said uh, that, uh, that we're against the whole, you know, changing the laws for gay marriage, for example. I said, look, we can, we can get together anytime we want. We can have our own ceremony. You know, they're not having kids. They're, they're, it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of, uh, you know, union than a marriage. You know, a man and woman sanctioned by God, licensed by the state. That's what a marriage is. And so to try and change the language, these folks were against the, the idea of a gay marriage for the same reason I want. It's a change in the language. It's a change in the law. It's trying to force something upon uh, uh, Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, Islam that doesn't exist. And, and what kind of arrogance would people do that? You know, what kind of arrogant people would do that? Well, those that are trying to destroy religion, trying to destroy the family, trying to, uh, you know, make, uh, take the definition of marriage and make it mean anything. And we have California's marrying the ocean. You know, it's, it's, look, 
crazy as that sounds, and remember, they, they actually videotape it. You look it up. Go look it up on YouTube. Californians, you know, running in, marrying the ocean. You know, I can imagine what, uh, you know, <laughs> for, their, for their first night together, do you have to, like, sleep in the ocean the whole time? <laughs> you know, and so if you have all those people sleeping in the ocean, is that polygamous? I mean, it gets really crazy. But the point was that, um, that there's some, once you change the definition of marriage from a man and a woman sanctioned by God and licensed by the state, then it can mean anything. You know, a man, you know, two women, six dogs, and, uh, you know, other furry creatures. Why not? I mean, once the definition of marriage is open, see, that was the big problem, was taking the definition of marriage and making it open. And so for most conservatives, patriots, independents, America firsters, you know, MAGA folks, I think a lot of us agree that um, it's, it's not the, the person that we object to or even what they do so much as, as except we don't want to see it on the movie screen. <laughs> that there's like a uni- you always tell a straight guys in a movie, well, like a couple of guys kissed in a, in a movie, I'll go, oh, God, oh, oh, oh. we just get sick to our stomachs. Yeah, you know, when it. It's just a natural reaction, right? This is a normal heterosexual male reaction to seeing guys you know, do anything on, on the movies or stage or anything. We just kind of get, we feel kind of queasy, all right? We don't make a big deal about it, we just, but that's just the way it is. Uh, it's just, there's a natural visceral reaction that says, uh, no, I don't think so. Anyway, um, but, this is, but the, the, uh, the acceptance, tolerance, whatever you want to call it, the commonality of, of conservatism, America first patriotism overrides what most uh, conservatives, Christians, Orthodox Jews, I say Orthodox is, you know, liberal Jews are, are a different group, um, feel about, you know, in other words, it's like the gay part of this person is overlooked in favor of the commonality of the politics of America first. You know, so the question, can gay people love the United States and, and uh, as much as, uh, you know, uh, conservatives love the United States and patriots? Absolutely. You know, can, can gays serve this country? You know, I, I haven't had a problem with, with gays in the military as long as their gayness isn't part of who they are to the point that it hurts the military any more than heterosexual. If, you, you know, I wouldn't want a heterosexual rapist in the military. I wouldn't want a heterosexual, you know, pervert in the military. I wouldn't want a heterosexual, you know, person that, that, that makes the heterosexual part of them their whole life. And all they're doing is, is chasing women or chasing men, you know, as part of the military. That doesn't work either. So it's you got to keep your sex life out of the military. If you can do that, then I don't care if you're gay or straight. I really don't. A lot of folks object to that. Um, but there's a, there's a split in the conservative movement. Uh, there are some prominent gay members of, of the Republican Party, the Log Cabin Republicans. It's its own Republican group. Um, there are a couple of folks I know uh, that are gay that are prominent. Guy Benson, a commentator. You know, he's doing a show with somebody else. Openly gay. Conservatives don't care. Uh, who's the other one? Mark, uh, foreign policy guy. Um, oh, I can think of his name now. He used to be uh, head of uh, defense intelligence. He was like the, the director of intelligence. You see him on the, on the stuff all the time. Um, you, I'll, I'll think of it. Anyway, but they're the prominent gay folks. I'll tell you that one. Brandon Straka is gay. The person that started the, the walkaway movement. Uh, I was reading, I got one of the articles here, started off as a hairdresser. A lot of gays here. You know, it's, just, it's interesting the professions that the, the, the gay folks go into. Uh, and I guess lesbians go into it. It's kind of interesting. In San Francisco, I was a tour guide, and there were a lot of gay guys in tour guiding, more so than the general population. So I met a lot of my gay friends because we were all tour guides, and we got along great. And some were conservative, and some were radical liberal, and uh, you know, we, we put that aside, and, and we, we were tour guides. So we did our job, and we were friends, and we talked about different issues. Um, and it's interesting. 
you know, the differences between conservative gay folks and, and, and liberal gay folks. It's a big difference. The same way you'd find conservatives and liberals are different. So if the policy, if you, so the, the real big stickling point, stickler point, I guess, is the, is the gay politics itself, is the, gay, the radical gay agenda. And so there's a lot of what I would call normal, healthy gay people um, that are America first, that are patriots, that believe in individual rights, believe in all the same things everybody else does, that are objecting strongly uh, vociferously to this radical gay groomer, drag queen, pervert, sex change, genital mutilation, you know, the, the, the wacko political fringe of, of, of the gay community. I say gay in general. In other words, you know, LGB. So when I say gay, I'm talking lesbians, gays, and bisexuals. People that are basically, you know, normal, healthy human beings. They haven't altered themselves to be trans. They're not weird. <laughs> you know, they're not a uh, fringe group. They're, they're, they're who they are. Uh, and they're living their life as gay people. And I don't care about that. That says, you know, but the folks that want to live their lives as conservative, patriot, um, independent, you know, America first, MAGA gay folks uh, are changing and it's really interesting to see what's happening. So anyway, there's a big event coming up June 24th. I'm hoping to get uh, Brand back on the show before then so we can talk about this. Because you know me, I'll talk to anybody about anything. But this I found fascinating. And so let me see if I can uh, get my uh, – oh, here we go. This is, I actually do go to my notes occasionally. Uh, but this is from Brandon Strack. I wrote a note. He says, Dear Patriots. And this is regarding this June 24th. Uh, basically, it's an LGBTQ, they say, uh, town hall. And what I find interesting is that LGB is splitting from, you know, TQ, AI plus whatever, or as Josie likes to call them, LGBTQ PMS, which I think is hysterically funny. Uh, So much so I put that in in the show notes. So so LGBTQ PMS, uh, those folks. Anyway, so he says, so Brandon Strack says, Dear Patriots, uh, the world has gone crazy and I know you're all sick. Our legal system has become a weapon to intimidate and silence conservatives. Our leaders have sold us out to enrich themselves and bow to global interests. Our media has turned on the citizens of this country and made it their mission to gaslight us and try to destroy our values. Our border is in crisis, and the Democrat Party and the powers that control them are doing everything they can to eliminate the most powerful candidate who's fighting back against them all, and that would be Donald Trump, obviously. And then he says, but, that, but it gets worse. The left has infiltrated and hijacked minority communities. That would include the gay community, obviously. So he says the left has, this is, this is the part I found interesting. The left has infiltrated and hijacked, hijacked is a very interesting word, minority communities and is using them to create societal decay with anarchistic pursuits. Societal decay, you know, moral degradation. You know, it's, it's, we're losing it all. We've, we've lost our virtue. We've lost what made us good. You know, Alex, Alexis de Tocqueville said America is great when America, because America is good. We're basically good people. We stop being good people, we'll stop being great people. And, of course, that's what's happened. The decadent left, Brandon, the stealing of the election, uh, the most corrupt uh, group ever to serve uh, in government has basically corrupted everything, and they're, they're horrible. Uh, anyway, so this is why it's fascinating what he says, when he says what he says. So, so the left has hijacked minority communities, uses them to create societal decay, you know, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, you know, the, the, the modern KKK, the, the, the anarchists, communists, everybody else, especially the operatives who took part in January 6th to make it look like Trump supporters were causing an insurrection when actually the government caused the insurrection. The deep state caused it to, to overthrow the, uh, the legitimate winner, Donald Trump. So he says, create societal decay with anarchistic pursuits. So anarchy is a total lack of government. 
And I even have a chart for that. If you look at any show, once I do the show notes, we have a chart that, that graphs anarchy and totalitarianism. So anarchy is the extreme right, which is why Nazis are, are not rightists, they're leftists, because they're totalitarians. So on the left, you have the, the Nazis, the fascists, the communists, the socialists, you know, the, all, all the ists, you know, are on the left because they're totalitarians. They believe in maximum government, whereas the anarchists believe in no government. And there is no anarchist party, really, because they don't even believe in any organization for a party. So, so anarchists are a weird bunch. All they can do is destroy things. And all you can do is protect yourself from them by, you know, staying armed 24-7. <laughs> all right, so there we go. So they got uh, this is anarchistic pursuits and irrational and destructive agendas that lead the personal and collective harm uh, and even violence. There we go. He says, we saw this happen in the most hideous ways with the black community in 2020. And that would, that would be George Floyd, who we know died of a drug overdose, right? He says, now the new Black Lives Matter, Summer of Love, rioting is the targeting of America's youth with the radical gender ideology that's being pushed under the guise of LGBTQIA plus rights. Now, after Q, I have no idea what they're talking about. That's what I call LGBTQPMS. So L would be lesbian, G would be gay, B would be bisexual, uh, T would be trans, even though there's no such thing. Thing would be queer, which seems to be what LGP is, LGB is, but there, it's in there anyway. And INA, and I have no idea, and I, I guess plus is there in case they want to add more letters. <laughs> M, G, X, Y, you know, let's add X and Y, <laughs> X and Y chromosomes, let's put them in there too. Then it says they've infiltrated our school boards, our teachers unions, our social media platforms, and much more. So in other words, the left is doing to the, the gay community, especially the conservative gay community, what they've done to everybody else. Hijack minority groups, use them to bring societal decay. This is a great analysis. He says, I'm fighting back against these people and I've assembled a team of LGBT. <clears throat> there we go. I would just still drop the T. I would just say LGB, but that's okay. He says LGBT. Uh, hashtag walkaway culture warriors to help me. We are the people in the LGBT community who have walked away from this madness and we're on a mission to save our country from a movement of destruction that is happening in our name. The other group that's done this is Gays Against Groomers. There's another big group that says no. It's, uh, they're, they're, they're gay people. They're conservative gay people. They're America first gay people, and they want nothing to do with the leftist gay agenda. This is not being talked about as much as it should. I mean, there's some articles on it, but, you know, this is big news. This is why I want to get Brandon on uh, either before or after uh, his big town hall meeting. I hope it's, tele- I hope it's like video. So he's got a whole bunch of folks. He says, if you're anywhere near New York City and you care about what's happening to our country, we need you to join us and support the mission. Okay, so Brandon's from Midwest. I think he's like Ohio originally. So why New York? Well, New York was the start of the leftist gay um, protest with uh, Stonewall. Was it Stonewall Bar or was it Stonewall? I think it was Stonewall. Anyway, so that's how that started. So anyway, since you're anywhere near New York City and you care about what's happening in our country, we need you. We need to join. We need you to join us and support the mission. I think this is going to be really interesting, and so I'm curious what what conservative world. Well, let's see what goes on. In, see, um, Marco, see what Marco says from. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> so Marco says LGBTQ PSTD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it means. Uh, oh, we got we got a YouTube. Let's give me a YouTube here. Oh, PTSD, excuse me, I, I misspoke. Yeah, which would be post-traumatic stress disorder. So I, I still like Josie's, you know, LGBTQPMS. <laughs> let, me, let me copy this, uh, this website here. He says, even Trudeau has difficulty saying LGBTQ+. Yeah, uh, you know, I just think lesbian, gay, bisexual, you know, LGB. That's, that's the group. That's, that's really what the group is. 
you, you get much beyond that. And uh, it just gets silly. So is being gay a civil right? Is being trans a civil right? Well, my answer for trans is no, because you're talking about people that have had elective surgery. They've done this to themselves, unless they're children. And children's different. You don't touch the kids. Okay, I don't care what anybody says. There's no such thing as gender-affirming care when you're changing somebody's gender. By itself, it's a contradiction. But the idea that you can touch kids, you know, you wouldn't let strangers do it, but you can let doctors generally mutilate them? No, I don't think so. So if you leave the kids out of it, consenting adults, I believe, have every right to, to engage in cosmetic elective surgery and drug therapies if it makes them feel better. It's okay. But you're not, you know, it's, it's an individual choice, not a civil rights movement. Because, you know, you aren't, quote, trans until you do something. You can think it, you know, and, and the different levels. You can think of yourself as a different gender. You know, it, it, the old joke, you know, guys will say, well, I'm a man trapped, a lesbian trapped in a, in a man's body. I'm really, you know, really love women as a way to get more chicks. That's, that's why guys say that, right? It's kind of funny. Uh, it's like high school, college, we did that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really hurt anybody. It's just kind of stupid. You know, that's what college guys and school guys do. So, so that's okay. Uh, the next level would be cross-dressing. Or, or transvestites, as we used to call them. You know, remember the Rocky Horror Picture Show came out, uh, what, 79, 80? I know I was in college, so it was like sophomore, junior year of college. And, you know, sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Ha, ha, ha. I do my best Tim Curry. Um, but, yeah, you know, and they made fun of trans, transvestites. The whole film made fun. You can't do that film today. You can't bring that out. You can't make fun of transvestites. You're, you're a homophobe. You're a transphobe. You're a whatever. Because I think those folks are megaphobes and, uh, you know, uh, Americaphobes. So, so the megaphobes in the trans movement, how do you make a movement of something that people individually elect to do? It's not like nobody forces you to have elective surgery to remove body parts or add body parts and take drugs. You know, you can't, it's not like you lose your job if you don't do it. It's not like the, the, the COVID shot. So this is purely elective for adults, we're not talking kids, but for adults, it's purely elective. Well, if you're purely elective, it's purely elective. How can you make it a civil rights group? I don't know. It's a good question. In the same way, too, that um, I believe ideology should be a civil rights group. So, in other words, conservatives, uh, patriots, MAGA folks have the right to think what they want to think, and there can be no repercussions on them for what they think. Can't lose your job. You know, you can't uh, be discriminated against anywhere. Uh, if any violence is done upon you as a conservative, that's, that's a civil rights crime, punishable by the same things if uh, it would be a hate crime. So if you, if you bash somebody because they're conservative, that would be a hate crime. Just like if you bash somebody because, uh, bash in other words, assault, um, because they're gay is a hate crime. But I don't, I don't like the concept of hate crimes because violence is still violence. Anyway, this I found all um, quite, uh, quite interesting. Let's hear real quickly. And... Um, I've got, I guess no one wants to talk about this. You know, live chat shut down, <laughs> or except for Marco. Uh, Pianchi left, and so it's just me. So I'm, uh, I, and this is, this is actually interesting because I think conservatives don't want to talk about this. And I'm not sure why. Like I say, you've got Christians that believe that uh, homosexuality is an abomination. Wendy and I talked about that last week. What I want to find out is why it's an abomination. I mean, Wendy said because, you know, this cause scripture says, because God said that this is, this is unholy. This is an abomination. This is what you can't do if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm probably going to talk about this again. So what about someone like Brandon Straka? Decent guy. Helping a whole bunch of folks. He's gay. He's also conservative. He believes in this country. He believes the same rights that I do. So how can I deny him you know, the same status I give to myself as an independent, free-thinking individual? He's an independent, free-thinking individual. He's gay. I'm straight. You know, does that change our politics? Apparently it doesn't. And that's what I find so fascinating. So let me get some articles here. Let me see if I can get the first one from uh, uh, 19. Well, actually, let me let me uh, let me go over this. This LGB. All right. So so this is this is what's uh, what's happening on the 24th. LGBT culture war. See, they they dropped Q and and plus and all that. So LGBT. So they're still including trans in this culture war town hall. So it's culture war town hall with Brandon Straka. Mike Harlow, I'm not familiar with. Marcus Dibb, don't know him either. And Melissa Vitelli, don't, I'm not sure about her, but I think I've seen her picture before. Anyway, so these are the folks. So it's called the Hashtag Walkaway LGBT Culture War Town Hall. It's 24th of June, at uh, 2.30. It, uh, uh, I guess it's at the Metropolitan Republican Club. This is interesting. 122 East 83rd Street in New York, New York. Uh, it says, many LGBT people are tired of being told by our own community what we can and cannot think what we can and cannot do. So this is gay people objecting to other gay people telling them what to do. In other words, you're not gay unless you behave this way. It's like Brandon saying, you know, you're not black if you don't vote for me. Oh, really? Then it says, and which causes people, uh, which causes and people we can and cannot believe in and support. We want a truly liberated LGBT movement. Well, I dropped the T. Well, I've said that enough times. He, they say, we want a community that values intellectual diversity over diversity of skin color. Hmm. I think... You know, most straight people want that. Conservatives want that same thing, right? He says, we want a community that values every LGBT person's right to think for themselves. Yeah, that's pretty consistent. Uh, support any political party they want mm-hmm. and vote for whomever they choose without fear of being ostracized by the party of tolerance. In other words, the Democrats. We are tired of pawns for the fake news media control to control with hate crimes, hoaxes. That'd be Jesse Smollett or Juicy Smollett. Right? He says, we are tired of being pawns for the fake news media to control with fake hate crime, hate crime hoaxes and lies about our lives and our rights being in constant danger from one political party. And that's true. You hear this all the time. The Republicans are trying to kill gay people. Not true. And it's trying to kill you. It's the, the COVID people. <laughs> the other one's trying to kill you. Then he says, we've had enough of the radical LGBTQIA2+. God, it keeps getting bigger. Anyway, LGBTQIA2 plus agenda of targeting and sexualizing children. So that would be gays against groomers would be the big group uh, that comes to play here. Gays against groomers. Leave the kids alone. Okay. If you want to be a consenting gay adult, that's cool. Do what you want. Just don't call your, your relationship a marriage. Oh, that was the other thing too that was interesting too in talking to conservative gay folks. And I remember one in particular, they said, look, I have no problem. You know, being bonded to my, you know, dude. <laughs> He's a dude. The two dudes are bonded. Uh, they had their own ceremony. And they call themselves married. And I don't care. You want to call yourself married, that's fine. But in law, in law and in language, that's where I make the distinction. Because then it becomes official. And that's, I don't want it to be official government policy. But what people want to do themselves, you want to get together, go for it. I don't care. Anyway, then it says this has nothing to do with who we are, and everything to do with using LGBT people to force an extremist ideology on America's youth. In other words, gender manipulation, mutilation, and destruction. They say the greatest danger to the LGBT community are the constant lies, manipulations, exploitations, and fear-mongering created by powerful forces within our community and the media. 
So in other words, how do you be a gay conservative? That's what I want to find out. That's why I'm Brandon on the show. He says, we're going to change all that. So join hashtag walkaway founder Brandon Straka, Mike Harlow, Melissa Vitali, and Marcus Dibb for the hashtag walkaway LGBT culture war town hall and panel discussion uh, and the whole bit. It begins at 3.30. Be there, June 24th. Like I say, hopefully it's televised so I can, I can check in and see what's, uh, what's happening. This sounds like a fascinating debate to be. Again, having known so many gay folks in San Francisco. Check, uh, let's check live chat. Yeah, let's see what's going on there. So nobody's calling me here. So could we just name it A to Z? <laughs> so, we, <laughs> so we have them all in one, one uh, group, you know, all in one go? Um, yeah, no, I think LGB pretty much sums it up. Lesbian, gay, bisexual. Because anything else other than that is something made up. A trans person is really a person who's had elective cosmetic surgery and drugs. That's made up. You, you don't start off life that way. Whereas I believe gay folks do start off that life that way. There are those that, and this is where I differ with, with some of my conservative folks, even on this show. I've talked to enough gay people um, to realize that, you know, when they found out they were gay is when I found out that, you know, liked women and I was straight. What, five? <laughs> and then again, 12, because we go through a period where we don't care. You know, it's like, uh, you know, in, in our youth, it's like, you know, guys, it was like Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts. Girls were like, Ugh, you know, cooties, irrelevant, stay away. But at five, I had like big crushes. And then I got, then of course, puberty hits, you know, 11, 12, 13, whatever. And you rediscover the opposite sex again and go, oh, and then, then it becomes like a lifetime thing, right? Uh, gay people, exactly the same thing. The, the gay guys that I've talked to and the gay women I've talked to, they knew. Uh, Whether they admit it and dealt with it is a different thing. But they knew about the same time I knew I was, you know, attracted to women and the straight guy. I'm glad I'm a straight guy. It's, it's easier. <laughs> it's much easier. Um, but uh, that's, I just found that interesting. All right. So let me see if I can find the older article and sort of work my way back. I've got some time. If nobody's calling, I've got time to read all these things. Oh, this game is against groomers. I'll get to that later. We're at that. Uh, I was just telling them what, 96? That's 2021. Where's my older article? You know, that's, that's recent. Here we go. So I, I want to go with the older article because that's where things started. So let me just do a quick check. Yep, microphone's on. I, I worry if I'm not broadcast. If I don't hear anybody call in or, or check in, I wonder if I'm broadcasting, but looks good. So the website is Political Research Associates. It's by Serena Khan, K-A-H-N. Uh, and this is from April 19th. Oh, Patriot's Day, 1996. The, the subheading of the Public Eye, Spring 1996. They say the gay liberation movement, which they don't call it anymore, right? The gay liberation movement has succeeded in bringing homosexuality out of the closet and into the political, economic, and cultural mainstream. A combination of grassroots organizing, movement building, and political pressure has created a gay rights movement that has power, momentum, and influence. Of course, now it has way too much power, momentum, and influence, but that's only the radical parts of it. It says this success has been uh, an important factor in generating a backlash within the larger society, nurtured and funded by the secular and Christian right. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you're kind of going, I don't think the Christians, the, a lot of Christians don't care. It's like, hey, listen, they believe it's a sin, uh, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin and try and, uh, you know, but I don't believe you, you convert people. I don't believe it's a choice where people say, yeah, I'm just choosing to be gay. And if I just, you know, change my thinking, I'll be straight. I don't think it's that simple. I, I do believe this is genetic. I've got too much evidence, too much anecdotal evidence, too many people I've seen. Uh, to think otherwise, you know, these people who are gay, they're organically gay, they're, they're gay by genetic, they're gay. And they're, they're okay with that. You know, the question is whether the conservatives are okay with that. That's, an, that's another question. Anyway, uh, article says, this success has been an important factor in generating a backlash within the larger society, nurtured and funded by the secular and Christian right. No, <laughs> I don't believe that. I believe that that's, uh, they made 
uh, a victim class and use that to uh, attack Christians. So, so in other words, it's, it's attacking from victimhood. This is the right has used stereotyping and scapegoating to attack gay. All right, let's see. Let me get to the good part of it here. Uh, here we go. He says, but a growing, his work is interesting, uh, but a growing sector of the gay community itself sees itself as supporters of and members of the Republican Party. So for a liberal publication like this one, they go, they go crazy when they, when they have to say that the gay community sees itself as supporters of and members of the Republican Party. They say known as the Log Cabin Republicans, or LCR, these gay conservatives are part of an increasing number of gays and lesbians, primarily gay men, who, who identify with part or all of the rights agenda. Well, that would be freedom, <laughs> a smaller government, a constitution, individualized, things like that. That's what the rights agenda is. So when they talk about, you know, when the, when the Democrats say the, the, the rights agenda, what they're really making stuff up, well, you know, the right hates gay people and the right uh, wants to oppress everybody and the right wants uh, this, that. No, it's not true. The, the agenda of the right, of the conservative right, is very simple. Smaller government, lower taxes, you know, fewer regulations, a constitution, and individual rights protected with the Bill of Rights. That's it. Anyway, article says these are not a fringe group and should not be dismissed as such. In fact, the gay conservative movement is growing at a fast pace, garnering a great deal of mainstream media attention in the process and serving as an active part of the right in attacking gay progressive institutions and liberalism in general. See, this is what they hate, all right? So this is why the left doesn't talk about this. So not only are the conservatives not talking about this because they don't want to talk about gay stuff. They just don't, right? The the left isn't talking about this because they don't want to show, show that there's any dissent within the gay community. So the left can't talk about this. This is why it's so fascinating. The left can't say anything. Why? Because they don't want anybody to know that there are conservative gay people that don't favor the drag queen, you know, genital mutilation um, takeover of children with pornography and pedophilia and everything else. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of conser- conservatives that find that just as disgusting as, cra- as straight conservatives do. But the left can't say that. Because they want everybody under the same banner. If you're gay, that means you believe in grooming children, genital, genital mutilation, you know, drag queens, story time, um, you know, racial stuff in schools and everything else like that, uh, and, and, and pushing a gay agenda. You know, Heather has two mommies and it's okay. And you better read it and accept it. And we'll tell you what to believe. But the, but the fact that there are independent, gay think, independent free-thinking gay people, oh, my God, left can't have that. But this is why it's so fascinating. So the conservative gays are like blacks, conservative blacks. It's very similar because, you know, black folks are, are, are considered to be liberal or, and Democrat. Well, it's not always the case, right? So, you know, so, so then, the, the, of course, the, the left will say, well, you can't go to the Republican Party. They're a bunch of racist white people. Well, except for all the conservative blacks and Hispanics that are in the, the, the Republican Party. They sort of leave that little tidbit out. But there's a growing movement of, of gay conservatives. I think it's fascinating. That's what I'm talking about it. Probably no one else wants to talk about it, but I'll, I'll get it done this hour, and I'll pretty much be done. Anyway, it says the uh, Lock Cabin Republicans identify with part or all the rights agenda. They're not a fringe group and should not be dismissed as such. In fact, the gay conservative movement is growing at a fast pace, garnering a great deal of mainstream media attention in the process. I tended to doubt the last part. And serving as an active part of the right in attacking gay progressive institutions and liberalism in general. Okay, I read that. <clears throat> Though the gay community is generally considered to be liberal by most people, 
It is, in fact, quite complex and consists of different factions. There are roughly five subgroups within the gay community. Okay, this is where it gets interesting, right? A little sociological study. Radic- so it says radical activists, including the cultural stream of gays, also known as the now largely defunct group Queer Nation, who use radical rhetoric and direct action in order to achieve visibility for gay people. Okay, this article was written in 1996, so you don't hear about Queer Nation anymore. Next one, lesbian separatists favor separatism from all men over building coalitions with gay men, uh, progressives. So this is the separatist lesbians. They don't even want guys, gay guys around. All right? Then it's got progressives who work towards the politics of inclusion and building coalitions with other oppressed groups in an effort to end racism, sexism, and economic exploitation, as well as homophobia. So that would be your um, social equity, justice equity, those groups. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and then it says, or so, yeah, exactly. Then it says a large number, of, large number of gay people who are not organized politically. And then it says, and gay conservatives who will be the focus of this paper. And so it's a long paper. I'm not going to read it all. Gay conservatives, so just read this one last paragraph. Gay conservatives, like their heterosexual counterparts, generally reject welfare and affirmative action. Isn't that interesting? And are opposed to immigration. Well, what they really mean is opposed to illegal immigration, but they didn't say that because this is an agenda-driven website, too. Is that they have strong libertarian leanings in that they believe in limited government, individual rights, and individual responsibility. Well, that's the right-wing agenda right there. That's the conservative agenda, right? This is values they claim to share with the majority of the American people, which is true. These conservative values contribute to the ideological tensions intrinsic to gay conservatism. The principal tension is between their conservative values, which lead them to support the status quo, and their, para, and their pariah status within the status quo. Within that status quo, it says, like many gay religious people, gay conservatives have beliefs that are, in part, that are part of a structure that often excludes them. So that doesn't make sense. That's, that's, uh, that's intellectually impossible, that people would believe in something that completely excludes them. Why would they believe in it? This is the two strategies, are, two strategies are used by gay conservatives to resolve this tension. First, in the case of gay Republicans, they work to convince the Republican Party that it needs gay votes to push forward its conservative agenda and that it should be a big tent party that recruits votes from the gay community, a practical solution that gives gay conservatives a place to be conservative but does not necessarily resolve the tension. Here we go. Anyway, this article is it's quite long, so I'm going to leave it there and probably play something. I think I need a, a drink of water before my last part here. See if I can find this one article that really compared um, that says that uh, that neither one seems to fit. Let's see if I can find that article here. And that one. Conservative gay account. Oh, here we go. The truth about gay pride month shatters both sides' narratives. All right. So I need a little bit of a break <laughs> because I've been talking too much. Uh, so let me play the last half of my my commercials here. It is 9.41. We only got a few minutes left in the show anyway. I'll just take a quick break, get some water, finish up with this last article. And uh, since no one wants to talk about it, maybe I won't do this again, but then again, I might. You never know. I I think this is an important topic. I think this is a trend. I think this is only going to get stronger. And I would not be surprised to see uh, this as part of Trump's platform, certainly Robert Francis Kennedy's platform, but Trump's platform as well, that there is a gay Trump component, uh, um, you know, gays for Trump, just like blacks for Trump, Hispanics for Trump, things like that. And there should be also be an equal, you know, uh, LGBT for, or LGB, you know, for RFK, <laughs> like that. LGB, RFK. <laughs> so don't be surprised to see LGB for RFK. That would not surprise me. Back in a bit. 
This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand your ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Yeah, I really can't wait till the shooting range uh, gets up and running. I'll let you know when because I'll be there. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. Okay, so I'm back for the last uh, 14 minutes of the show here. Um, there's a big hearing that's going to take place today, and I've got my, my Matt Gates announcement, Matt Gates being my congressman, who says on Tuesday, June 13th, that's today, U.S. Congressman Matt Gates will be hosting a field hearing, not sure what that is, at the U.S. Capitol regarding the investigations, prosecutions, and targeting of individuals in the aftermath of the January 6th 
uh, in the aftermath of January 6, 2021, what we affectionately call here the Capitol Hill Invitational Walk-In. He says, excuse me, he says, in addition to the field hearing, uh, members of Congress in attendance will also give statements on the recent indictment of President Donald J. Trump in Miami. Representative Gates will be joined by other members of Congress and invited witnesses. Okay, this is, this is going to be fun, right? Uh, it's after the show. Starts at 1.30 of the sub-1230 Eastern time. So 1.30 Eastern, uh, 12.30 Central, 11.30 Mountain, 10.30 Pacific. For those of you in the multiple time zones across this great nation. He says, as part of the of its constitutional oversight role, the 118th Congress is investigating the weaponization of the federal government. Of course, what they should be investigating is the stolen election. I'll ask him about that as soon as Matt comes back on the show. The federal government's targeting of American patriots, mismanagement of overhyped cases, and unjust prosecutions of January 6, 2021. Defendants are a case study in this weaponization. Since that day, we have seen unprecedented deviations from standard law enforcement. In other words, they lied, cheated, and uh, you know broke the law. <laughs> okay, this so is since that day we have. I read that. Outward political pressure from the FBI Washington field office, strong-arm prosecutorial tactics, in other words, prosecutorial misconduct is the more correct name, uh, outsized jail sentences, in other words, too long, perjury before Congress, in other words, lying, and more. Just by the way I translate this, right? On June 13th, 2023, join Rep. Gates for a... Uh, for a Americans by our weaponized government, oh, something's missing, for a, oh, I'm sorry, for a field hearing to expose the facts surrounding the events of that day. So in other words, January 6th, without actually taking on the election fraud, <laughs> the stolen election, which is what they should do. Okay, who's going to be there? Uh, Matt Gates, Andy Biggs, Paul Gozar, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Troy Nehis, and E-H-I-S, Ralph Norman. So those are our, uh, our, our six champions, uh, the six horsemen of the uh, Democrat apocalypse. And witnesses, Ed Martin, President Eagle Forum Education and Legal Defense Fund. I thought it was for women. Jeff Clark, Senior Fellow and Director of Litigation Center for Renewing America. Uh, Greg Pangos, Action Radio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> General of the Environment and Natural Resources Division, Department of Justice. Well, that's Jeff Clark. We've well, got a long title. Jerry Perma, P-E-R-N-A, aunt of Matthew Perna. I think he's the one that committed suicide, if I remember. Anyway, uh, Sarah McAbee, wife of Ronald McAbee. Ronald McAbee's in jail. Brandon Straka, the person I've been talking about for this entire hour, founder of the Walkaway Campaign, strand host of Frontline Flash. Now, who's missing? Who's missing is Stuart Rhodes, from, uh, who, who called us from the Oklahoma Federal Prison. I think he's in the D.C. Gulag right now. But he called Emerald Robinson on her show yesterday. Pretty cool, huh? So I wonder where you got the idea from, Emerald being a friend of mine. Gee, Emerald, where did you get that idea to have somebody call in from a federal prison directly to your show? Gee, Emerald, where did you get that idea? Hmm, can we guess? Yeah, I know exactly where she got it from. Me. <laughs> Actually, I didn't think of it. Uh, Stuart Rhodes thought of it. He called Jonathan Mosley. Mosley was on the air with me at the time, so Mosley puts the call through, through directly to the show. That's how we got Stuart Rhodes from the Oklahoma Federal Prison directly on the Action Radio. You can look up the show. I'm not making this up. All right, a few minutes left. Excuse me. There we go. Washington Examiner, one of my favorite news sources, Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. So this was, oh, that's today's date. <laughs> this is written June 3rd, 2021. I'm sorry. I could get the real. I said, wow, is this article is today. No, it's not. Uh, June 3rd, 2021, written by Brad Palumbo, P O L U M B O, who says, headline says, The truth about gay pride month shatters both sides of narratives. This guy, he's gay. It says so partway through, but he's absolutely right on it. It's a really interesting article. So I want to finish up with this one. He says, every June, Pride Month sparks controversy. 
but the truth about gay pride doesn't fit into either side's narrative. Interesting, huh? He says, on the left, Pride Month is no longer viewed as merely a celebration of individuality and freedom. It has become infected with woke nonsense and an openly partisan political progressive agenda. Meanwhile, on the right, Pride Month is viewed as an entirely excessive expression of identity politics. Many conservatives believe that sexuality is nothing to be proud of and that feel people should keep their private lives to themselves, not take to the streets clad in rainbow colors. He says both approaches are wrong. First, the liberal perspective on Pride Month has become startlingly, startlingly, start, startlingly, <laughs> startlingly, sorry, intolerant of its own right. Just the, uh, in its own right. Let's try that sentence again. <clears throat> Excuse me. End of the show. Can you tell? Right. First, the liberal perspective on Pride Month has become startlingly intolerant in its own right. Just a few decades ago, gay rights activists were the ones silenced banned from marches and events. Now, woke activists have taken over the pride movement and made progressivism a litmus test for participation. Here are a few examples. This is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, remember the, uh, the rally there? Yeah. No, that was Charlottesville. Anyway, Charlotte, North Carolina, a pro-Trump gay group. That would happen. A pro-Trump gay group was banned from the Pride events because members were deemed by organizers to have the wrong values. A Washington, D.C. dyke march, that's D-Y-K-E, a dyke march, not the folks in Holland, um, even event banned some lesbians from marching with a Jewish-themed Pride flag. Well, that's interesting. Because the organizers said thought it represented violence against Palestinians. What, is, what do Palestinians have to do with LGB, right? He says, this year, the group that runs New York City's Pride Month events, this will be 2021, banned gay, lesbian, and transgender police officers from participating in uniform because their occupation runs afoul of the far left's hate for law enforcement. So if you're gay in law enforcement, they don't want you. Interesting. He says, you get the idea. If you simply spend 10 minutes walking around any major city's Pride events in the last few years, you likely saw anti-gun signs heard anti-Trump chants, or otherwise encountered unrelated liberal activism interwoven through the event's very fabric. Interesting. He says, thus, the liberal pride movement strips gays of individuality. Yeah, everything by, by uh, the left is by group. Right? You have no individual identity. That's the problem with it. Anyway, he says, it denies them the very agency that the gay rights movement was founded to fight for. It wrongly conflates the essence of gay identity with progressive politics and a left-wing worldview that many gay people, myself included, do not share. So, so here's a conservative gay person, right? And he wants the same things that conservative straight people want, like we've talked about before. Individual rights, limited government, the ability to say what you feel, say what you think, and not have it be a problem. He says, in this, the intolerant liberal approach to pride not only does a tremendous disservice to those of us uh, deemed the wrong kind of gay person. That's an interesting characterization. The wrong kind of gay person. You know, it's like brands. I mean, if, you, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. So in other words, the wrong kind of black person. So this is the wrong kind of gay person. It also sabotages the acceptance of gay people rapidly on the rise among Republicans. This is back in 2021. This is interesting. By making holdouts incorrectly, if understandably, believe that gay acceptance and a conservative political wor- worldview are incompatible. Well, apparently not, which is why they're uh, having this big rally, right? He says, so the mainstream gay pride movement dominated by the left has become worse than useless, but conservatives too far when they dismiss the notion of gay pride entirely. And he says, I am proud to be gay. 
Uh, and he doesn't say I'm proud to be conservative and gay or a gay conservative. He just says he's proud to be gay. So it's interesting. It kind of limits it to that while talking. About, so in other words, he's, this is actually an objective report. So he's separating himself from progressive leftist extremist gays and conservative, conservative you know, individual rights, American first gays. I find that interesting, too. Then he says, not because there's anything special or worth celebrating about it inherently. He says, oh, let me start again. He says, I am proud to be gay. Then he says, not because there's anything special or worth celebrating about it inherently. In theory, conservatives are right about that. But in the real world, being gay still usually means years of of tearing yourself up inside, perpetual self-consciousness, and often serious familial, in other words, family, issues. While thankfully it is increasingly rare, thousands of young gay Americans are still exposed to pseudoscientific, torturous, anti-gay conversion therapy. Okay, this is why I disagree with a lot of conservatives. You don't convert gay people to being straight people. I think it's genetic. I think that's where these folks are made and wired just the way I'm wired to be straight. So if you're going to you know, convert people, uh, they might do it to go along with it for, for whatever reason, but I don't think it happens. Anyway, he says it's not identity politics or woke nonsense to acknowledge that coming through all the challenges still associated with being gay and learning to accept yourself and live with your live your authentic life are things to be proud of. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Come through the struggle, be authentic to yourself, even if a lot of folks disagree with who you are. Yeah, more power to them. If conservatives certainly shouldn't embrace the woke progression vision of Gay Pride Month, but we also don't have to bury our heads in the sand and pretend that sexual orientation is a non-factor in modern American life. The right answer is somewhere in between the extremes. Yeah, makes sense to me. Brad Palumbo, Washington Examiner contributor. So I'm almost out of voice. I've been talking a lot today. I, I may pick this up uh, later in the week. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But certainly, hopefully, uh, uh, we'll get some, uh, some interesting commentary um, back uh, June, June 24th. We'll see. Okay. Played everything I need to play. Uh, there's nothing. Uh, oh, let me get this. <laughs> got a couple minutes left. Let me get this QAnon article. So I'm going to talk about that as well. QAnon explained. Q returns after 18 months of silence. And this is from 2022, last year. So this is the pro-Trump, dangerous, and utterly false conspiracy theory is back. Well, if it's back, how can you say it's utterly false? That's a contradiction. You can say it's a conspiracy. Um, How do you know about it? How do you know it's dangerous if it's utterly false? Anyway, QAnon, the far-right pro-Donald Trump false conspiracy theory that asserts the former president was in a secret war against the cabal of pedophile Satanists Satanists in Hollywood and the Democratic Party, appeared to be lacking direction after the mysterious figure named Q went silent in December 2020, Last week, the account started posting again. This is interesting. The post also referred to by QAnon believers as Q Drop, that marked the return, happened on July 24th on 8KUN. What it, 8KUN? You be careful when I say that. 8KUN. The anonymous image board formerly known as 8chan, or 8CHAN. This is, shall we play a game once more, the post read? Two more posts were made soon after. It's like, remember that Star Trek? episode uh, where this really nasty guy who looked somewhat sensible and logical and pretty harmless, but it was absolutely deadly. (laughs) He says, shall we begin? (laughs) Anyway, so Ben Collins tweets, for the first time since December 8th, 2020, Q from QAnon, or someone else with his password, (laughs) posted at 826 uh, Eastern Standard Time tonight. He says, are you ready to serve your country again? Remember your oath, the account posted. What's the oath? says, throw us a bone, Q. We've all been waiting for what seemed like an eternity. What's going on? He says, it, Q says it had to be that way. This is great. 
QAnon researchers believe the person posing as Q this time around is either Ron Watkins, the former administrator. Oh, this is my 90-second warning. So let's have the, uh, I'm going to continue until I finish this. This is actually kind of cool. <laughs> I didn't know this was in the article. I'm just reading it now, right? QAnon researchers believe the person posing as Q this time around is either Ron Watkins, the former admin for the 8KUN slash 8chan, who's currently running for Congress in Arizona. Well, i got to look him up now, right? His father, Jim Watkins, who owns 8KUN, or someone in cahoots, as, it is heard. as evidence, the researchers point to the state's, to the site's of a trip code, a unique identifier on the image board that tied, that's uh, tied to a certain account. Okay. The other person, Frederick Brennan, the creator of 8chan, tweeted Wednesday saying he was able to confirm by the, state, the site's code that Jim Watkins was behind more posts from Q that same day. Both Ron and Jim Watkins have in the past denied being Q. So we got Ron Watkins and Jim, Jim Watkins. The Q brothers? <laughs> funny. QAnon believers have their uh, have put their faith in the Q hoax. It already provoked violence in the real world with numerous Q, Q followers participating in the deadly January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Okay, that's all a lie. Okay, the only thing that was deadly was when uh, you know uh, Lieutenant Michael J. Byrd of the Capitol Hill Police uh, assassinated Ashley Babbitt, and when Rosalind uh, I forgot who's the other woman that was killed. Rosalind, she was killed too. So the only people that were killed were killed by the police. Interesting, huh? His QAnon believers have put their faith in the Q hoax. It already provoked violence. Okay, there we go. If you have questions about QAnon, we have answers. <laughs> yeah, sure you do, right? QAnon sounds nuts. What can you tell me about it? QAnon is an online conspiracy theory that claims Trump is waging a secret war against the deep state. No, Trump is waging a deep war against the deep state. Why? Because the deep state keeps trying to convict him of bogus charges. So of course he's waging a war against the deep state. Nothing false about that. Then they talk about, this is... Uh, uh, Trump is waging a secret war against a deep state of democratic elites and Hollywood stars who are pedophiles and Satan worshipers. Cannibalism is in there someplace, too. Really, that's what they believe. He says the conspiracy theory dates back to October 2017, when an anonymous post on the message board said extradition agreements had been struck with several countries in case, the cross, in case of cross-border run. <laughs> I, I, I'm out of time, but I, there's more. I'm going to pick this up tomorrow. I might do a Q show. The return of Q. In fact, I might read part of this again just because it's, it's so fascinating. Well, I hope you've enjoyed all the things we've talked about today. To me, this has been just, you know, a lot of talking, but a lot of valuable information. Don't forget the Matt Gates hearing later on. I'll be reporting on that, but I think, I think it's time for another, I think it's time for Q, uh, the Q shoe. <laughs> so it's time for Q to make it to reappear on Action Radio. Um, and so, yep. Bye, Marco. Marco's got to leave too. So you have a great day too as well. Thanks for your help today, Marco. <clears throat> Always love his participation. So well, we need a Netherlands report. And don't forget to get me Eva. You got to talk to Eva Van Dinglebroek about coming on the show. She's gorgeous. Most beautiful woman in the world today, Eva Van Dinglebroek. With a name that's hard to say, but that's okay. All right. So uh, if you want to help the show out, we've got givesendgo.com slash action radio. That's our contribution site. Uh, if you want to read about all the things that I talk about here, gregpenglis.substack.com. You can read about things. If you want to participate in our citizen legislature, you go to writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. If you want to share our, our, our show site, that's blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. And if you want to email me, my public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. So way too much fun. Uh, oh, what's my music selection for today? Today is Tuesday. Ah, there we go. Okay, fine. So I'll give you I played everything else. You know, so thank you all for listening. Back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time when we will do this all again.
Let me see if I can find my music selection to send us on our way. That's not right. That's not right. Ah, here it is. Anyway, take care. See you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.